Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, Austin Scott, Brooks Childress, and Ryan Lavoy. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 to be a part of our show. As uh, on today's show, we've got Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, and Bruce Pearl, the Auburn men's basketball basketball head coach will be on the show so ben ingram at 3 30 we chat with justin ferguson at four o'clock and then at 5 15 auburn men's basketball head coach bruce pearl stops by sports call really looking forward to chat with him here on today's show again austin brooks and ryan with me on the program all of these guys making their weekly debut here uh, gentlemen how are we uh doing great um Good to see everyone again today. This and, is a good foursome that we've uh, got here. Absolutely. A good quartet. And, uh, it's also good to be on the show. Uh, I know it concluded during the middle of the, the show yesterday, but it's good to be on the show for the first time since Auburn advances to the Super Regional. And now we know when and where Auburn is playing. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt was not able to get it done in Corvallis. Uh, yesterday evening so Auburn will be going to Corvallis for a Saturday Sunday Monday Super Regional and of course late night start times are not going to appease uh, the folk over here, uh, I will be up. I step to 1 a.m. nightly, so this will not affect me whatsoever. <laughs> uh, just being forthcoming with everyone. And the weekend uh, for one of the games right. on Saturday. Um, and so um, you know, I, I people are going to be upset here. Unfortunately, it's just that there's only Brooks was telling me there's only two uh, teams that advanced that are West Coast that have super yeah. regionals. Yeah, that are hosting Stanford and Oregon State. Yep. And so uh, ESPN doing the intelligent thing of spacing everything out. And it's so on television. I mean, you can't out. get mad yeah. at it. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, proud Auburn had a terrific regional, scored all the runs and uh, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, all the runs. And uh, so doing well. Same thing I'm going to say next week, too. Watching the Lightning, watching the Warriors, watching Auburn baseball. So everyone's still alive, and that's a good thing. Brooks? Hey. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm a little toasty. Yeah, you had a good weekend. I did have a good weekend. I, uh, I was able to pick up tickets to the entirety weekend of the of the regionals, and I was out there for all but one game, and that was the uh, the Friday game uh, midday because I had to work, so I uh, couldn't be out there for that one. But I was at the other five games that happened at uh, Plains Park this weekend. Great weekend of college baseball, just all around. And then also just great weekend of college baseball in Auburn. You got to see quite a few uh, teams, quite a few fan bases making making their way to town. Uh, surprisingly, I was I was telling you guys 
earlier, it, it felt like there was uh, the second most group of fans at Auburn this weekend, besides Auburn, obviously, was Southeastern Louisiana. They had a really good showing, uh, and everyone was very nice. Everyone, It was a fun college baseball atmosphere, and, man, it was just a fun weekend. Great weekend for Sonny DeShera. Great weekend for Brody Moore. Great weekend for the Auburn pitching staff uh, as a whole. It seems like, and, and they talked about this in the postgame comments and everything, that week off between, I know we would have wanted to see Auburn go further in the SEC tournament than just one game, but it, they all said that it, that week off really helped them to reset everything, do a hard reset, sure. and uh, it, we saw it turn dividends. They they absolutely dominated their games, all three of them, and are on their way to a Super Regional against a very tough opponent in the Oregon State Beavers out there in Corvallis. Should be a really, really fun weekend uh, this coming up weekend, and uh, can't, wait to, can't wait to take that in, can't wait to take in the whole weekend of college baseball, a week of college baseball, and would be remiss Speaking of baseball, we didn't mention the Atlanta Braves had a huge week last week. Five in a row. And a big weekend sweeping the Rockies and getting ready for another very winnable series, two-game series starting tonight against the Athletics. First time ever we'll have Ben Ingram on Sports Call, so we're looking forward to that conversation coming up in just a little bit. Glad to have you here, Brooks. Austin, talk to me. How's it going? Yeah, really glad to be back with you guys. Uh, These two guys hit it on the head. Super fun weekend in Auburn, super fun weekend at Plainsman Park. Uh, great to see postseason baseball back on the plains, and uh, yeah, the the team definitely enjoyed it and relished in it. I uh, was scoring that many runs and having a good time. Really wish they could have gotten back here next weekend, uh, but they'll have a big test in Corvallis, and uh, it should be a really good matchup between Auburn and Oregon State. Um, and then yeah, like Brooks said, really excited to talk to Ben Ingram. Uh, super cool that he's on Sports Call. And uh, it's going to be a really good show. Looking forward to it. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. We're also two weeks away from the start of the Thunder Chicken season. So uh, we're fired up about Cluck that. Up. Cluck up. indeed. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. And uh, we're counting down the days at this point. But Ben Ingram will join the show coming up at 3.30. Uh, the play-by-play, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. A lot of people our age, you think Braves, you think the iconic voices and somebody like Chip Carey likely comes to mind first. However, to be in the position that Ben Ingram has been in and for Kevin McAlpin to talk about it with us last week that, you know, this guy's only really slid into this role the past two, three seasons on a full-time basis to all of a sudden be on the mic in the World Series for an Atlanta team. Like, that's just things you dream of, I would imagine. So I'm excited to chat with him about reminiscing on the, the World Series and then talking about this year's team as well. Yeah, and uh, I want to ask him about like the grind of 162. Because, I mean, we always think about um, the players, obviously, but you know to be on the road that much for six months and not see your family as much and know that you... Uh, you know, everyone has jobs that they do five times a week for the most part. I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people have jobs that requires year year long and five days a week. But they don't necessarily require trips to then Los Angeles and Philadelphia and New York and Miami and Chicago and you know wherever else. And so uh, a lot of time a lot away from the family. And so I want to ask him about that. Also, just just spitballing out loud here i feel like we should ask him like if he's surprised that joe simpson is so good at play-by-play yeah because we saw him for a long time on tv as a color person and we knew he was going to radio a few years ago and uh, of course how they do it is how andy and brad do it with auburn baseball they do you know whoever the lead guy is in most cases ben for innings one two and three 
Joe Will you for ask four, five, that? and six, and Ben for seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that's sure. a great thought because you're right. We always saw Joe Simpson in that analyst light, and here he is giving the play-by-play commentary. Yeah, that's it, good stuff. It all happened right there when Jeff Francoeur got on TV and seemed to do well as the the recent player and a fan favorite. Yeah. And so Joe Simpson being on radio, I'm sure Ben, they do great work together, and you can catch all of them on WAD 1230. Uh, and it's super fun to hear both of them. Uh, switch out and uh, yeah. yeah we talked about the Los Angeles Angels on yesterday's show having lost 11 in a row they've now lost 12 and Brooks you're seeing Jeff Passan reporting that Joe Madden has now been fired as their manager yeah which is a big surprise yeah it was uh, it was yeah it's a really big surprise because he's a, a World Series winning manager and I know you, you've been in, in in the uh, in struggles right recently if you're the, the Angels but man it was just that that's a real quick trigger right there I guess they're just tired of losing you know I tell you what, I was looking, uh, I was on Twitter last night, and one of our former colleagues on the Auburn Beat, uh, Sam Blum, uh, we've talked to him on Sports Call before, he is now the writer for the for the Athletic out with the Angels. Right. He was in, uh, detailing, they had a little bit of a snippy encounter with uh, Joe Madden last night after asking one of the questions, and he said everything was fine afterward, but it was, it was just, you could feel the frustration in the room uh, during the post-game presser last night after the Angels lost another game, and now... You know, narrator. It was not. Fine. <laughs> yeah, it was not fine. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Angels is this is the first major league manager to lose their job this year, isn't it? Correct. Or Ger- uh, Phillies. Phil- Phil- yeah, yeah, you're Joe's exactly right. Last week, okay. both Joes. Yeah. Wow. Both Joes that won a World Series. Um, you know, and I think that. Uh, not with their current teams. Uh, everybody was looking at me weird. Girardi with the Yankees. No, and, 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 Madden and, with the Cubs, and, but. and Joe Madden won the World Series with the Chicago Cubs. Right, right. And I, that was completely a right, because he said that as well. And Brooks. Yeah. In my mind, we start talking Joe Madden you over and over. Rays. I'm going Rays. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, and wait. went to the World Series. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, no, they lost to the Phillies in that World Series, 2008. And then in yep. 2009, the Yankees beat the Phillies yeah, so in the World Chirardis, Series. But, yeah. but in 2016, yep. the Chicago Cubs, led by... Joe Madden and that well, defeated the Cleveland Indians led by Terry Francona. Well, that's why the, the the move is eyebrow raising, right? Because I think anyone looks at Madden's record and in the 2020 year they went like 26 and 34. I was just looking this up, and that's not particularly good. They went 77 and 85 last year, but remember, despite Otani's heroics, Trout was injured like more than he ever. But I think he played like 40 games last year. He did not play a lot of games, uh, and then this year they're 26 and 28, 27, 29. I mean, they were well over 500. And so the issue is not, you know, what has he done for the Angels, I feel like. The issue is, has he had the true opportunity to succeed? Because obviously this team is trying to win, but I don't see how you can win when Mike Trout's out for 115 games last year. And I also don't see, you know, I I understand this is a horrible losing streak, but it's still 54 games in, 56 games into the season. Like, I mean, maybe it jolts them, but you also have to ask yourself, what is the general manager doing? Have they changed general managers the last few years? Because they had to release Justin Upton this year. Well, they paid Justin Upton a crap ton of money and for him to have a lot of injuries, hit like 240. He had power, but he, he wasn't the Justin Upton of Atlanta or Arizona. Um, and then also they paid Albert Pujols a ton of money, and he was on the team the last couple of years with Joe Madden. That's a guy making like $30 million that 
that was more like a $5 million player. He was a great asset for the clubhouse the last few years, but Pujols has not been Pujols for many years. And really, as an angel, he only had one or two really good years. So the issue has been they have spent a lot of money on guys that have not played well for them. Uh, even Anthony Rendon has not been the same that he was in Washington. And do you blame that on the manager? Or do you blame that on the GM overpaying guys that just didn't have as long of primes as you wanted them to have? So you know, I don't think the issue is simply the manager. I think it's management. I think it's also in the front office. Do you know who the Angels uh, GM is? I have no idea. I don't know. He's been with the Angels since 2020 beforehand. Oh, it's short. So he came in with Madden then. Before, he was from 2017 to 2020, he was the assistant general manager for the Atlanta Braves. Really? Uh, is, I, I hope I can get his name right. Perry Manasson. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Him. He was hired by Alex Anthopoulos as the assistant gym, GM and uh, vice president I of baseball like operations. I kind of remember when he left and it, it being like, okay, this is an up and comer. But. Well, so they did fire their GM then three years ago. Uh, and, and that GM was the one responsible for the pool holes and Upton deals. Now, this one would have been responsible for the Rendon deal. Um, I don't know who, te- I guess the one before him would have signed Otani technically. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying remove him after just three years either. I'm just saying that they, they have they have made undeniably bad contra- big contracts to, to star players that were just not worthy of, of that long of a deal. It's not that they weren't really great when they signed them, especially Pujols and Rendon, but you've got to have the foresight to when they're 38 and 39. They're not going to be the same players that they were when they were 30 and 31. So... Uh, they've had an array of issues, but it is clear that with Mike Trout, they've got to find a way to make the postseason. No doubt about that. We will see what the Angels do from there. We'll talk Braves baseball with Ben Ingram coming up in just a little bit. Let's take a commercial break. Your phone call's coming up next here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Back on the program, you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Ryan LaVoy, and Austin Scott. A uh, quick segment here. Got about five or six minutes before we chat with Ben Ingram, the voice of the Atlanta Braves. He's going to join us right here on Sports Call, and we're looking forward to that. Kevin McAlpin, their pre- and post-game show host, has been on the show a number of times, and now we get to talk to the play-by-play announcer of the Braves. So we're really looking forward to that. And again, today at 5.15 on our show, Bruce Pearl, the head basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers, will stop by to chat with us today. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. Ward damn Steve. Retired Ward Amp Steve's here to join us for just a few moments. Steve, we're sorry it has to be so quick today, but we hope you're doing well. Good to hear from you. Doing good. All right. Well, lightning round for me, I guess. So let's get at it. Let's get to it. Okay. Has anybody got directions to the Oregon Trail? <laughs> we're uh, we're trying to it's it, we're trying to put it in. It seems like it's going to be over a day's long drive to the uh, to to the Pacific Northwest to get out that way. Okay. Well, I hope somebody above you guys can manage 
will see fit to maybe send one of you guys, you know, put it on that America's Press credit card or whatever, to send one of you guys to that game. I hope so. Yeah. All right. No man left behind. We'd have to travel in pairs, Steve. Got to be careful. Okay, well, look, hey, I'm available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to it, guys. 930, are you serious? And that's for Central Time, people. Uh, if you're in the uh, Northeast section, good luck. Yep. But that's uh, that, right. that's geography for us. Having to go so far away, uh, unfortunately, that's kind of how it was dealt. Well, in the words of the Big Hurt, I don't know if you saw his tweet, War Damn Eagle Men. Yes, he was very amazing. fired up and excited. Butch Major, congratulations, and don't stop now. Hashtag War Damn. So I'm glad to see that he's watching all this. No kidding. All right, guys, uh, how about I mean a big, big shout-out to – Mr. Brody Moore and Mr. Sonny D. Yes, big time weekends for them. They were sensational. And Brody Moore got MVP. Yes. I from our staff. He did indeed. Now, I did not know this until I read it from Philip Marshall, but apparently the NCAA has a rule that forbids some kind of uh, music being played uh, before the player comes to bat. I didn't know that. Correct. And so they were not able to play his walk-up music or anybody else's walk-up music. So, uh, But uh, they, it didn't matter. He still had an amazing weekend. He still had 15 total bases, two homers, hit over 600, or right at 600. Big-time weekend for Sonny DeShera. The, the funny thing is, though, is that Auburn got around it once on the Saturday night game against Florida State. Is Sonny was leading off the next inning, so they just played it as like the song during In between, between the innings, innings while he yeah. was walking up to the plate. Well, guys, I just didn't even know. I mean, how long has this NCAA nonsense rule been around? For a while. I mean, they try to make it fair. You have to have, you know, home teams playing away games. And like we said on Saturday, or not Saturday because uh, game one is Saturday, but Sunday, Auburn will play against Oregon State at Oregon State, but Auburn will operate as the home team for that entire game. And it's just a rule that's always been in place. Wow. So the first game will be the home team. The second game will be the home team. Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Our series is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And the televised will be on ESPN2, is that right? Correct. Thank goodness. Okay. So, guys, i got a cool stat for you, okay? Okay. Auburn is one of 11 teams who did this. Bowl, they played the NCAA baseball tournament, and they played the NCAA basketball tournament. Only one of 11 teams. Those 11 teams are Tennessee, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Michigan, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Arkansas, LSU, of course, us, Miami, and UCLA. How about that cool staff? Yeah, no doubt. Guess who was left out? Alabama. And who else? Georgia. Georgia, thank you. All right, guys. Now, uh, as far as that's concerned, I see where we have... Uh, our work cut out for us on a four-star guard. Can you ask? Well, it's pre-recorded with Bruce Pearl, right? Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with him a little bit earlier today. Okay, Aiden Holloway is who I'm talking about. Uh, between us and Tennessee, it looks like it, from Auburn 247 Sports. He's a four-star, and apparently he's the number one point guard uh, for 2023, and uh, he's also the number 43 overall prospect. Wow. So, uh I'm hoping It'd be Bruce, big uh, to can, get him. Can, can pull him in. Yeah. All right, guys. Good stuff. Last uh, thing, Stephen, we got to go. Thank you. I thank you for your time as always. I know my time is way up. I'll be more than uh, looking forward to hearing uh, Coach Pearl. Uh, what about Coach Thompson? Will you be have a chance to talk to him before he leaves for Oregon? That's the goal. I don't know that we'll be able to get it done before Oregon State, but uh, we'll catch up with him at some point in the future. That's for sure. When does the team leave? 
Uh, I would imagine they'll leave sometime tomorrow or Thursday. We'll, we'll get official okay. word from Andy Birch on one of these days soon. All right, good enough, guys. Thank you again. Y'all have a safe and relaxing afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's retired War Damn Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. All right, let's take our next commercial break. On the other side, Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, joins our program coming up next here on Sports Call. We have your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks, Childress, Austin Scott, and Ryan Lavoy. As a gentleman, we're thrilled to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, Ben Ingram. First time visit with us here on the program, and we've been excited about this. Get to talk about the Atlanta Braves baseball team that we love so much. Proud to be a Braves Radio Network affiliate here in Tiger Communications and in Auburn on AM 1230 WA. AUD and happy to chat with Ben who joins us on the program now. Ben, the time is always greatly appreciated. How are things going for you and your world? Going well. I appreciate you having me today. We had a, a, a good off day yesterday and back home for a little while. So everything's good over here. No doubt about that. We've got a lot to celebrate. A big winning streak for Atlanta. They're back at home. I want to get to baseball in just a little bit. But uh, as we got you on the show for the first time here, Ben, I'm curious, in your broadcasting career, I know it's been a lot of minor league baseball and, and then obviously your work in the majors as well. Has Auburn ever come across your radar that frequently? Or, or what have your interactions with the Auburn Tigers or their fan base been like over the years sure i've actually been to a football game there once it was about uh i want to say 2008 or 2009 i saw auburn beat tennessee uh at a game one time one of my good friends is an auburn alumnus and uh, he had some tickets one saturday so i went over with him and i've seen auburn play a few times in mississippi i'm from mississippi uh, mississippi and, and seen them play at old miss a few times got to see cam newton play up there once and uh, my girlfriend is actually uh, an alumni of Auburn. She cheered at Auburn several years ago. So I got a few ties to, to Auburn. Ben, I don't know how, long, how close you've been following the, uh, the college baseball playoffs, but Auburn is heading up to Corvallis, Oregon, in the baseball regional. Take on the Oregon State Beavers this coming up weekend. You used to broadcast for the Eugene Emeralds up there in the Pacific Northwest. Not a lot of Auburn fans have ever made that trek up there. So what can Auburn fans heading up that way expect from you know, weather-wise or that area this weekend? Well, it's a perfect time of year to be in Oregon. It's funny because you think about the Northwest and people think about the rain and it raining all the time. And that's true. It rains a lot between um, basically mid-September through early spring. So basically Labor Day to, to Memorial Day, it can get pretty rainy. 
But I'll give you an idea of, of what it's like during the summer. It, it's absolutely spectacular up there during the summer. The team that I worked for didn't even have a tarp for the infield because it never rained during the summertime. It just <laughs> rained during the rest of the year. So it's a, it's a really pretty area of the country. Folks were very, very nice. Um, I did get to see the baseball facility in Corvallis one time. It was about 45 minutes to an hour north of where I was in Eugene. But just out of curiosity, one day I just went up there and checked out the campus. So I think for Auburn people that are going up there to uh, to Corvallis, they'll enjoy their time. If you're going to Oregon, that that whole Willamette Valley during the uh, the summertime, late spring and early summer, best time of the year to go there. So I think folks will really enjoy it. All the way from Oregon to Atlanta, now the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, the 2021 World Series champions. Ben Ingram is our guest here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Tell me this, Ben. Why did you want to be a play-by-play broadcaster? What got you into this biz? That's a really good question. I think from a very young age, I was just interested in it. I always enjoyed listening to radio broadcasts and such when I was a little kid. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with just a, a form of, of exploration and adventure when I was young. You know, your parents would make you go to bed. Maybe I wasn't ready to go to bed yet, so I had a little <laughs> radio and I could tune through the dials and pick up games and such. And that was always cool to me. Was, I always enjoyed hearing the crowd and uh, hearing that from my bedroom when I was a little kid. And I always enjoyed playing ball, played football, baseball, basketball uh, through high school. and was good enough to play, you know, in, in my teenage years, but that was really it. I knew that after that, if I wanted to be around the game, you know, I'd have to do something other than playing. And so I tied in my interest for broadcasting with my interest for these games and uh, these sports that I grew up playing and pursued it. And it worked out, and I'm glad that it did. And it's been a lot of fun to, to pursue that goal and, to try to get to the big leagues, enjoyed paying my dues, enjoyed calling games in the minor leagues. And uh, that was always a blast for me to get to go on the air every single night and and tell fans of our game about the game and and the team that I was covering. So uh, one door just led to another, and and it was just a a lot of fun getting here all the way through. And all of a sudden you get to 2021 and the door that opens is a World Series run for Atlanta. And we've talked a lot about uh, the year it was for the Braves, everyone in the Auburn area, very much so a part of Braves country and uh, live and die with every pitch once it comes to postseason play and that sort of thing. To be on the mic, though, when that final out is recorded, when Dansby Swanson fires across the infield to make it happen, I mean, that's got to be something that you dreamed of, Ben. When you think back on that, what comes to mind? Yeah, it definitely is. I think growing up, I mean, what I always wanted to do was just to call big league games. And if you if you can get to the big leagues, to me, that was a dream come true. Anything beyond that is truly beyond your wildest dreams. Uh, so getting to be in that chair and at the microphone to bring games of that magnitude to our fan base is just a tremendous honor. Um, getting to do it with our team, with our broadcasting team, the guys that I work with, just an amazing experience. And it's everything you ever thought it would be and then some. Um, it, it, you really have to pinch yourself even now. I think back on how fortunate we truly are to be a part of that. I, I have so many friends in this industry and know so many people in this industry who have been broadcasting for multiple decades and have never even had the opportunity to to work a World Series, much less call the final out. So I, I can tell you, I, it, it's not wasted on me. I know how truly blessed I am and how, how fortunate I was to be able to experience that with uh, the crew that I work with and with our team and for this fan base. And it's something that we'll never forget. And I can tell you this much, when you get to experience it, all you want to do is experience it again. And I, and I hope I get to do that one day because it is that much fun. And Ben, obviously a guy that we've seen on the TV side that you work with now, Joe Simpson, I think all of us were, uh, I mean, not 
shocked, but but certainly pleasantly surprised to hear uh, how adept he is at play-by-play. Were, were you surprised at how good when, when you first heard him uh, do play-by-play with you and obviously work with you on the radio side of things? That's a great question. I remember Joe doing a little bit of play-by-play when I was younger, but I knew I'd not heard him do it in forever, so I had no idea what to expect. Uh, the first time I ever got to do any play-by-play with him was when we were at spring training, uh, I want to say in 2020 uh, or 2021. I can't remember. One of those two years. I think it was 2020. And and I knew that um, – I can take that back. It would have been 2019. That, that These years are all kind of jumbled together in my <laughs> mind. But it, it was, I, to me, it, it gave me some nostalgia because growing up in Mississippi, I, I had heard Joe and Don and Pete and Skip and getting to sit there next to Joe – um, and, and having the, a link to those other guys and thinking about the guys that I listened to when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, that was really amazing to me. I knew that he would have a wealth of knowledge, but the thing that has been so awesome working with Joe is the chemistry that he and I have together. You never can plan these things. You just work better with some people than others, and Joe, to me, has been like an older brother that I've never had. Um, I, I think the way that he and, and Jay Chad and I all get along and hang out do what we do we love working together whether we're on the air or off the air we have so much fun working together and i could say the same thing about when when don was around i mean don i felt like he was like my my broadcasting father almost like my big league broadcasting father the way that when i got here to atlanta he took me under his wing and uh, we miss him every single day but uh it, it was great seeing him make that transition I know that he's really enjoyed it, and he's in a good place in his life, and I'm happy that he's doing radio with us now. Ben, something we talk about often when we just kind of talk about the sport in general is this the grind of a 162-game season for the players and trying to stay healthy throughout and and, and coming to the, the ballpark every day and trying to perform, but also the broadcasters. I mean, they're calling all 162 games and, and doing a lot of traveling and that sort of thing. Is that something you enjoy, or has there ever been a season where you kind of are ready for it to, to be over type of thing, or, or do you always enjoy uh, each and every day, whether it involves a lot of traveling or not? I absolutely love it. I mean, the, the travel is probably, outside of, of being on the air, is probably my favorite aspect of the job. Uh, I love getting to, to go all over the country and, and go to these different cities and these different ballparks and tell our listening audience uh, about our experiences there. That, that to me, is so much fun. Um, it, it keeps things moving along. Things certainly don't get stale when you travel as much as we do. We just got back, just for for, uh, for instance, we got back Sunday night very late. I think I got home about 1 a.m. Sunday, turning Monday morning. We'll be here for uh, six ball games, and then we're right back on the road leaving after the game on Sunday. And you get very good at packing a suitcase. I've gotten very proficient at doing that and, <laughs> and doing laundry, things like that. But I love it. Uh, to me, that that's still a rush and it's still a thrill, no matter how good or, or bad the team may be that year. I love getting to go to these different ballparks, uh, see our game in each of, of these different cities. And to me, that's that's the, the most uh, invigorating part of this job is going to some of these ballparks and bringing Braves country the action in, in an area or a region of the country that they're not in or maybe they've never even been to at all. And I, I think that's such a, a thrill. And, and I love that aspect of the job. Well, Ben, you played right into my question. With all that travel, what's your favorite ballpark you've been to, whether it's the booth itself or the city or the fans or the food? Uh, what's your favorite trip you've had? It, it's so it's such a, an interesting topic 
and we discuss this all the time amongst us here in the booth, we have our favorite booths to see a game in. We have our favorite ballparks to be a part of. We have our favorite cities to go to. And it's never one place. It's never the same place. And I'll just give you an idea of that. When it comes to my favorite city, and typically my favorite city to have an off day because you can find things to do. I love going to Chicago on an off day because there are so many places that you can get a good meal. Uh, we're going to be there next week, and we have an off day next Thursday in Chicago, and I'm so excited for it because you've got so many great restaurants to choose from, and it's just a very lively city. As far as my favorite park to work in, I love Dodger Stadium. It's not the best broadcasting booth by any means, but anytime you're there, there's going to be 50,000-plus people there, and it just feels like the biggest game in the world anytime you work there. And I love uh, that heightened sense of, of, of importance on a ball game. And so you can imagine what it's like to call postseason games there. I mean, it is such an adrenaline rush, uh, and I think it brings out the best in you. As far as a ballpark itself, I mean, it's, it's really hard to beat Wrigley or Fenway. Those are terrific ballparks. And, and as far as booths go, um, I love the booth in Arizona because it, it has such a close vantage point. I love the booth in San Francisco because it has such a close vantage point. Uh, we're in, a, in an era now where some of these newer ballparks, ours included, they're putting broadcast booths higher and higher and putting suites lower and lower because they can charge more money for it. So when you go to a new park uh, like here or a new park like when we went to, uh, to Arlington to play the Rangers a few weeks ago, you're pretty high. Uh, Washington's booth is high. Pittsburgh's booth is high. And, and while those views aren't bad, it, it really makes you appreciate places like San Francisco and Arizona where your booth is significantly lower, uh, much closer to the action, and, and you feel like you're right in the game rather than way up above the game. So uh, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but, but those are some of my favorites. Ben, I've got to ask, where's the World Series ring? It is locked up. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, tried to, I, I thought about having it you know, just at my house, and I thought, well, we travel a ton. And I feel like I live in a pretty safe place. But with as much as we're gone, I don't wear it. it the thing is so enormous. <laughs> um, so I decided I was just going to lock it up in a, in a safety deposit box. And whenever the off season gets here, I'll go get it. When I go home for, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'll take it home, let my friends and my family see it. Uh, but outside of that, I've got pictures on my phone of it. And uh, I'll just go grab it whenever I need to. Ben Ingram is the voice of the Atlanta Braves. You can listen to him on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD, right here in Auburn, a part of the Braves Radio Network. We have absolutely loved our Friday chats uh, with your colleague, Kevin McAlpin, over the years. But, Ben, i got to say, one interview in, you're already giving him a run for his money. Uh, This has just been outstanding. (laughs) With that being said, we got to let you go on a baseball question because Atlanta all of a sudden is riding this five-game win streak. They're back above 500. I mean, how, how do the Braves keep this going i think you have to start with a foundation that's pitching and defense and, and look it was great to see the bats get going in colorado they, they did a much better job with runners in scoring position and that, that's a major thing that you need to go your way but when the team has not been playing well you'll notice the starters not going deep in games and the, and the defense is not being as sharp as they need to be i think what we saw in that finale in arizona and the four games in colorado and especially in colorado given how tough it is to pitch there they were getting lots of innings from their starters. Um, they were they're uh, playing great defense, turned a bunch of double plays, making routine plays. And I think when you can do all the small things, that accumulates. And, and, and when that accumulates over the span of, of six months, over 162 games, you're going to win a lot of games when you're doing all the small things. 
to me, there's not a big difference in the teams that are playing really well versus the teams that are not. It's very simple. The teams that are not aren't getting base hits with two outs, and they're probably kicking the ball around. Their pitchers aren't going that extra inning. Uh, they're get, having to rely on their bullpen maybe a little bit too much. And when that accumulates, you start losing a lot of games. So that, that the team did a much better job of that. Hopefully they continue to do that. They're in a soft spot in their schedule. I mean, let's be honest. They just took on Arizona and Colorado. Those are two teams that, are, that can present challenges. But those are two losing teams. You see a couple more losing teams in Oakland and Pittsburgh on this homestand. Then you see some more losing teams on the next road trip to, to Washington and Chicago. So, so long as you're doing the small things, you're playing fundamentally sound baseball, you should beat these teams and hopefully get some good momentum going and have a really good month of June. We'll be listening to you all week long, the Internet Land, and then, like you said, the team heads back out on the road. Ben, the time is greatly appreciated. Thanks for stopping by here in Auburn, and we'll have to do this again very soon, okay? Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, fellas. All right. That's Ben Ingram. He is the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And what a fun phone call that was with him to kick off our conversations with Ben Ingram and talk about his life as a play-by-play broadcaster and a couple of other things there on the program. As That'll send us to our final commercial break of the opening hour of Sports Call here today. We'll come back, wrap up the hour, and get you set for hour number two of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Final few moments of the hour with J.J. Jackson, Austin Scott, Brooks Childress, Ryan LaVoy. Justin Ferguson will stop by here in a few moments. And uh, again, Bruce Pearl joins us at 5.15. Ben Ingram just joined us here on the radio show to talk about the Atlanta Braves and the run that they've been on five in a row that was briefly discussed but more so kind of talking about his background our first conversation with him and he has said in the Braves Radio Network with our partnership with them that he's going to be a more frequent guest throughout the summer the dog days of summer we need people to talk to about the Braves so not only do we have Kevin McAlpins on Fridays but we got Ben Ingram now on Tuesdays uh, which is pretty exciting and boy oh boy was that a home run of a conversation and well yes and sounds like he has some Auburn ties too (laughs) a lot of Auburn games and I just threw it out a there. Former Auburn cheerleader. That's pretty fun. He, that, mi- he mentioned that Auburn Tennessee game. It was in 2008. Can any of you? I don't expect JJ to know, but can he, any of you put a score to that? 2008. What? Um, that, uh, that was Tuberville's last year. Um, it was in Jordan five Harris, and right. seven. So kind of surprising. Yeah, that's, yeah I was about to say they won. That, and that was Kiffin's only year, uh, right? That was uh, Kiffin's only year at Tennessee. Was and that he, not oh well, or was that oh nine? He so mentioned maybe that was. Dooley? Oh, I don't know. Would that have been Derek Dooley? The answer is I don't know that I don't know the score. 
Don't recall it. He did mention the Cam Newton Ole Miss game, and that's where Cam caught a touchdown in the corner of the end yeah, zone. That's correct. And I wanted to remind him of that, but I said maybe I'll hold the brakes a little bit. <laughs> he, he was making good points about that. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, at the very end, like he, he concluded his Auburn ties with, yeah, my girlfriend was an Auburn cheerleader. cheerleader. And I was like, in okay, interesting. Yes. There you go. So, yeah, you are a little connected to this Auburn fan base. Um. I don't have a score. I would 14, be fourteen twelve. Okay. Ooh, oh, good wow. score. I could have guessed low. Getting that it was a Tuberville team. It was 08, but uh, they were four and one. Auburn was four and one after that game. So I guess it really went all downhill yeah. from there. Finished where we ranked number fifteen in the country. What else? Did oh, you that got? was uh, Philip Fulmer's last year. I was gonna say I thought Dooley was after Kiffin. Yeah. I don't think I. I couldn't think if Fulmer went all the way up to Kiffin. But I couldn't think of anyone that would have been in between. Yeah, Philip Fulmer. That was Philip Fulmer's last year. Okay, and then Kiffin was 09, and then Dooley, and then Butch, and then uh, Pruitt, and now Heupel. Interesting game for Ben Ingram to be at, but hope he had a good time. Yeah. What else did you – let's just talk about what did you think about our first introduction there to Ben Ingram on the show? Well, I mean, I, I uh, we were talking about it off air. I think it's good to get to know a little bit the person that interviewed for the first time because hopefully it'll be – you know, semi-frequent at least, and uh, think about how he got started. Uh, Paid his dues. You back, you know, up in Eugene, Oregon, <laughs> which you know, again, he he mentioned this. He's from Mississippi, so it's not that he started and he was born in Oregon. <laughs> He's from Mississippi, and so as everyone always, your everyone usually does, cut his teeth a little bit, and then has been with the Braves what about a decade now, and uh, obviously became the voice recently, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it, and I was curious about the city thing. We, we verbalized. We were curious about Joe Simpson and then yeah. about the city thing, and I, I wasn't trying to get at, and he didn't take it this way. I'm just clarifying if anyone would have taken this way. Wasn't getting at, do you actually get tired of your job by the, <laughs> yeah. by the end of the year? But more so the travel aspect of just like, well, you know, I mean, that is, you know, a bunch of different cities over the course yeah. of a few months, and, you know, maybe the first couple times it's a lot is exciting. It could be a lot. You know? But after you've done it for a while you know if the team is not good are you just kind of ready for you, you to be in the home nest for a few months and that sort of thing but uh, especially he, he loves the team's not good so, and i know? appreciate yeah. that yeah i liked his comment about getting so good at packing a suitcase and i mean yeah that, that's a skill in itself I'm sure it's down to a science right. at this point he's, yeah. he's he knows what he needs each and every trip and uh yeah what a voice an iconic voice that we're used to listening to again had the final out dance me swanson Fielded a ground ball, threw it across the diamond to Freddie Freeman. The Braves defeated the Astros, and they were the 2021 World Series champions. You know how we ask that question another way for another time? Tell me. We play the audio, and we just say, Ben, what comes to mind when you hear this? And yeah. then play the call. Just That's great. On. I think he could probably listen to that call every now and then. I think, I think that's he'd be okay, okay with, with it. Yeah. yeah. I could listen to it every now and then. I thought it was a great call. Absolutely. They won the World Series. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? They got it done. They are World Series champions. And the Braves have won five in a row. So here we go. We get set with the Oakland Athletics for a couple of games and then well, uh, the it, Pittsburgh Pirates. It's that extended part of the schedule, right, where the Braves don't play anyone over 500. Uh, and it was like a 30-game stretch, essentially. We're about halfway through it. I think there's about two more weeks and then before the Braves play someone over 500. So uh, Oakland has not been good. you got to keep winning series. Yep. you got to hope Christian Pache doesn't come Andrew Jones this week. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, they've, they've been playing well. Keep it up. All right, All right. That brings us to the end of hour number one of Sports Call. Ferguson, 
Justin joins us in just a little bit alongside Austin Scott, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Austin Scott. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer back with us here in studio. Our thanks to Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, for joining us. Yeah, how, how the heck am I supposed to? I, I got to follow Ben Ingram, and then Bruce is coming on in the next hour. <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to compete with any of that? <laughs> You're it's my like, favorite. It's oh. like, all right, well, we've got uh, you know a guy who has a real media job, and then <laughs> a guy who is a very successful basketball basketball coach, and then here's this idiot for the next hour. So. Um, yeah, yeah we this would be great. Ben Ingram told us about, you know, he has a World Series ring. And yeah. we're just talking about how ginormous it was. Mm-hmm. And then here you are. has got the are. lights in it, yeah. You've got a Braves hat on, and you're yeah, wearing an shirt. awesome World yeah. Champs shirt. Yeah. Shout so. out to B- Bill Plaschke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're on a winning streak right now. Shout out to Bill Plaschke. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've to gotta, you gotta, gotta represent Absolutely. a little bit. Um, back, over, back over 500. Mm-hmm. Only a couple games out of the wild card. It, it hurts me to say that it doesn't look like you're going to catch the Mets. Um, which, I mean, the Mets could still have their, their usual collapse, but um, they look really, really good right now. But yeah, the, the way the rest of the National League is kind of forming right now, uh, Braves kind of hitting their stride. And it's a good time to hit their stride, too, because you're about to play Oakland and Pittsburgh. Now, watch them do that and yeah. you know, go, go so, 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at home against them. Well, but, that's, um, what, that's what Brooks was saying. Christian Pasha is going to be Andrew Jones here tonight. <laughs> I think I saw I think he, I think saw something last week where he had the worst something in baseball. It was <laughs> I think like, batting average for all that qualify or, yeah, or OPS yeah, or something. It was, yeah. it was something like that, yeah. and it was like – because I love Christian. Yeah, I was hoping that he would be the next Andre Jones. Right. The problem is, is he can't hit at all. Uh, I think Langlier is going to end up being a really good catcher, you know, down the road for for that for that A's organization. It's just a weird team, too. Well, and you know who their current catcher is, right? Uh, Murphy. Bethancourt. No, Bethancourt because Murphy's yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> which is like way back when he was supposed yeah. to be a prospect and. 
Uh, so yeah. Shout out to Jacob Webb getting another chance with the Braves. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nothing like DFA and a guy and then trading for him later. <laughs> I was about to ask if you had Bethancourt on your fantasy team, but that's a National League deal that you're Yeah, I'm in, in a National right? League yeah. only. Uh, so, big news, out of the last place. Let's go! go. Yeah. Nice. Second to last, me and the other expansion team are currently going back and forth. <laughs> He's got Juan Soto, though, on his team. He paid a ton of money to get Juan Soto, and I was like, you know what? What if I could just get dudes who can't hit home runs all year? And that's what sort of... Like, Dansby's like my best power hitter on the team which looked real bad at the beginning of the year but uh we're coming along we're we're, we're coming around we've got some we've got some young guys that we're we're excited about. How, how does braves country feel about michael harris the second through his first couple of weeks I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. optimistic. Because th- we're thinking about Christian Pache. You know, that's the center the, fielder yeah, that that's you're trying the to get. The only in. thing I mentioned when Harris got called up is just making sure it was not too soon, because yeah. he'd only play like yeah. 40 games in Double A, and you can ruin guys if you bring them up too quickly. But so far, holding his own, especially looks bypassing Triple A. Like yeah, he had barely played in Double A, and he yeah. bypassed Triple A. So looks fine so far. So just because I mean, Pache came up pretty quick. Yeah. And then and he can't hit. And, and granted, that was the criticism is that they didn't know if he would ever hit. He was always going to be a great fielder. But, you know, I, I've seen guys get called up too early before and get ruined. But the Braves have needed something to happen with their outfield. Yeah, and, so they and it was fun. It was fun those few weeks when Demerit was, was was hitting well. But, I mean, he's a, he's a journeyman. Earth, he's yeah. a journeyman, and, and that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, no, it's just – they're starting to kind of hit their stride a little bit. It's just like, hey, just make the playoffs. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think you're going to catch the Mets this year. Yeah. But um, well, because they've had, they've already had injuries, and they've st- it's not matter. Yeah. Because Scherzer, yeah, they're DeGrom doing better. that. Yeah. They're doing this without Scherzer and Degrom, which is pretty remarkable. You would only hope they just get into. It. But I, I say that, and, and you know, also keep in mind the the team with the two best players in baseball is what on a 13 game losing streak. Yeah. And just fired their manager. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. yeah. So that's wild, man. Like. Like it's one of the most you talk about like bad franchises in sports and you think about like the kings and you think about the jets and and, and teams like that it's like well the angels man they spend a ton of money and they've got nothing to show for mm. it really in the last in the last decade it is it is a it is remarkable it's like them and the phillies you're like how in the world are you this bad <laughs> at least with the phillies though you're like okay tough division and, and yeah the ALS is pretty tough but it's like yeah you can figure it out it's like you have if you're the angels like okay you have the best player in baseball and then probably the other one (laughs) and and the other guy people talk about for some reason yeah otani fell in your lap for nothing like he he was just like yeah i'll I'll play in la um i guess his whole deal was like he wasn't sure i think it was like somebody was like i was reading something was like yeah he didn't know if he could get ample playing time with the dodgers it's like, well, that's insane to think about. But like, it was that at the time when it was like Bellinger yeah. was was on fire, and it was like, but now it's it's so wild to see that. <laughs> it's so wild to see that with uh, with him, and, and I guess also when he came over, he wasn't going to be able to hit unless you know, uh, unless he played for an American League team. It was interesting. I I, I hope Otani, like I hope it finally breaks through. I don't really care about Trout that much, even though he's like a really good player obviously but it's like otani it's like man i just want to see like make the playoffs like do do something like before you end up going to the mets like everybody else or <laughs> the yankees as you know it's so weird it is so weird it's certainly one of the most so disappointing bad. things because yeah they've spent all the money too like they right they threw they gave pools a huge contract they gave justin upton a huge contract rendon mm-hmm. recently and 
look, the years on those contracts, they were never going to be great for the entirety of those contracts. But no. even still, they declined so much more rapidly like from the than you could. Like, yeah. Pujols never was the same. He never hit over 300 with LA. Rendon got immediately Rendon hurt. Rendon got hurt. Yeah. Um, Upton didn't have the same power or anything. Uh, I mean, so it's just they've constantly been giving yeah. money to what ended up being the wrong guys. And it's like, Pujols shouldn't have been the wrong guy. That yeah, shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Like even if he declined by now, you know he's forty. But surely for three or four years he's, he could. He's have, doing fine. He's yeah. doing fine with St. Louis right now. Yeah, he's hanging in, in, in that role. Yeah, in that role yeah. that he's played, that they've got him in. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, it's it's I. The thing about Joe Madden too is like Joe Madden's a great manager, and it's like I don't know, man. Like, can a manager really fix that? Nobody on your team can hit right now. Like yeah. nobody can. You know, it's it would be one thing. It would be like, oh well, there's like these weird decisions he's making, and it doesn't make a ton of sense. And then the other the other things is like, no, your guys just can't hit. That's gonna have to change. Um, Which and seems- the guy they promoted, and the guy they promoted got fired from from the Yankees. He was like, uh, he was their old third base coach, and they were like, yeah, we don't want you anymore. And then now he's managing the Angels. <laughs> so out of boy, out of way to fall up. Well, just like you were saying, with nobody can hit. It seems pretty noticeable when Trout's in like the longest slump of his career. Yeah. But oh, it's Joe Madden's fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe yeah. Madden ruined Mike Trout. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The, the one guy, the one guy that has just been this automatic like monster yep. for the entirety of his career. He's in the worst part of his, uh, the worst stretch of his career. But then they've had like they've had young guys like. You know, like uh, Walsh, Walsh yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Marsh and, and some of those guys like were have been hot at times and they're just nothing right yeah. now. You know, I, I wonder too. It's like I, I know they won about 77, 78 games last year with Otani doing everything well, but also that was the most injured Trout had ever been. He yeah. missed like 110, 120 games. I mean, he yeah. had a calf injury around June and never came back. Um, so I, I like I wonder too. It's like what what do you expect to have happen there? You know, like, do you are you are you upset at the lack of player development? Is that why you're firing the manager? Like that there's only one or two guys other than Trout, yeah, and and, Otani, and or? it's like how much player development can you expect when you have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball? Like, they all should be finished products at this point, like <laughs> except for those like really young guys, and and they they've kind of been hot and cold. Well, it's just weird too because it's like they got Syndergaard and I don't know what they were quite expecting from him this year mm. but he's been good yeah he has yeah. been good he has been really good he's not and then like injured yet and then like the only other pitcher like the only other pitcher I know, like Raziel Iglesias is Iglesias when he gets the chance to save is very good which doesn't happen very often but like Reed Detmers is a child who threw a no hitter but it's just like that's who you're banking right. on at this point so they've got all these dudes and, and, and hitting can be so hot and cold you know really good players can can get you know, especially like Trout can get cold so quickly. It's just like they've they went all in on these position players, and then you look up and it's like, uh, well, their pitching staff is Otani, and then dudes that might work. You know, it's it's been so weird that they've never had like you see so many. You, know, you think of like think of like what the Giants did. Think of like the Braves have now. Definitely the Mets. Um, all these players are like, all right, we got to load up this rotation. And the Angels are like, what if we tried to beat everybody 12 to 10? <laughs> and it's like, that's not going to work, but good JJ, luck. JJ, we're just trying to fix the Angels. Yeah, that's I mean, we need to, to. We need to figure out how. because Great, great new uniforms, though. I don't know if you saw their connect ones. Very cool. They look like surfboard. That's what did you think of the Rockies look. connect uniform over the weekend? I like them. I'm glad the Braves swept them in them. That was, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it was they like, wear those whenever they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, those have been so hit or miss for me. Um, 
like some of them i'm like that's a really cool design i'm trying to picture more of them to be honest okay so the red Sox had the yellow and blue ones those were weird and it's just like it just doesn't make sense like it there's a tie-in to it obviously but then you're gonna look at it like "Hmm." it's like if if the braves did the same if the braves did the same thing as they did it would be like blue and gold and it would be because that's what the city of atlanta flag looks like and i was like that would be really kind of weird but you could kind of you kind of play around with it a little bit you can say okay blue and gold hey you won a world series like you could but i don't think they're getting their uniforms this year but um yeah like the the chicago one was really cool the white Sox, i really love the white Sox one especially when they made tony larusa wear them um because that's like that's awesome the marlins ones they marlins the is the, yeah yeah by far the red and blue baby blue yeah it's a really I've good i've seen one. those because okay. it's, yeah. th- it's a th- it's a it's a throwback to, to the more the, you say them, i'm like okay i actually teams. have yeah. seen all of these the cubs had a weird like two-tone blue one more like the royals than anything the astros have a cool space uniform the nats were early on but they did the cherry yeah blossom ones. cherry blossom ones were good this year um i have not seen many of these actually now that y'all are saying i've i've, I've seen a kansas few, city just had their new one that looks like a, it's got the fountain on it have you seen the red Sox? oh i can think of the yellow yeah yeah, yeah. yellow and bright blue i wasn't a big it'll fan stand out yeah. Yeah. yeah that one that one didn't make a ton I, of sense are I these like, on yeah. the show yet have they made yes. it into the video game yeah, world yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and they and i think they popped up i think the first one's popped up last year but the rockies one's interesting like I, there's so many cool different things you can do with with colorado and i and, and i guess my my problem is is i'm not crazy about the ones that change the colors too much you can play around a little bit it's like when you're very stark right in in, in difference um but you know i thought the i thought the the Rockies ones look good. Are you ready to play NBA War? Let's do it. All right, we're going to do that after this break. Justin Ferguson hanging out with us in studio. That's coming up next right here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're back. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Austin Scott. Ryan LaVoy and Justin Ferguson at AU, the Auburn Observer. Uh, now that you're back in the saddle, mm-hmm. Ferg, you were away for a week and uh, had a great trip. You were telling us to Las Vegas. A lot of people got to see some, some photos and that sort of thing online. Uh, how was it handing the Auburn Observer off? to painter sharpless what was some of the feedback you got there no it was, it was good it was good we had a uh, we had some good podcasts and, i enjoyed listening to those yeah and had a couple of a couple of strong uh newsletters while i was away and yeah i got back last week and have done a few got got some more company i did one today on and you know, i was glad trevon was the bumper coming into it trevon was played a pretty big role in the newsletter today um because i don't know if people know this but um the with koi moore transferring to auburn the 2022 Auburn team is set to have more players from Louisiana than ever before. They've never had six scholarship players from Louisiana, or f- five in a given year. And six is interesting because I, I, I randomly, I don't know if, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but like I don't know if anybody else has wrote, written anything or seen anything about this. Um, they added the new players to their roster. Camden Brown, who they got from St. Thomas Aquinas uh, down in Fort, uh, Fort Lauderdale, um, 
he is listed on the roster as being from Louisiana because that's where he's originally from. So that's another technically Louisiana player you can add. But if you look at the state of Louisiana and you look at the history Auburn has, they've got some good players out of there. It's just not very many. And it's such a good recruiting uh, range that you, you definitely see the influence of guys like Trevon. Uh, of course, uh, Ike Hilliard being from Louisiana and, and elsewhere. Um, you know, you've got uh, – You've got a lot of Louisiana connections on there. They're trying to. We talked about Auburn, you know, ramping up their efforts in the state of Texas in the last couple of years. I think Louisiana might be the next one, and take advantage of it. Alabama. Definitely has Texas A&M's trying to. They all can't go to LSU, um, right? So uh, Auburn being able to take advantage there, I think it would be a pretty big, pretty big deal. I think it's a really good kind of planning thing that they can do moving forward. But aren't they all family <laughs> down there? <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy though when when Louisiana has. And, I mean, I guess there's different ties there. But when Louisiana has Arch Manning and he doesn't go to LSU, it's going to be wild. Like, right. It's yeah. like, um, but it doesn't even look like that's even a remote possibility at this look, point. Look, and uh, we love giving T. Reed all the love. Uh, he deserves it. So grateful for the time he spent here on the program and uh, what he's doing for the Auburn football program from his playing days and beyond. And, you know, we're two weeks away from the Thunder Chicken season getting started. Oh, God. <laughs> and Trevon's back on the roster again this year. Oh, wow. So um, great things are coming to the Auburn City League softball. You, you think y'all could, like, I don't know, maybe win at some point? That's not like a forfeit one, win. Yeah. yeah, yeah a real we had the forfeit win last year. It well, counts. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. Sure, we're two whatever. weeks away, Ferg. We're, we're grinding. It's a, it's about to be a great it's year. It's going to be real sad when I just keep hearing, like, oh, we lost 24 to 3 this <laughs> well, week. Because <laughs> it's a Tuesday night league, and you are always the conversations to get us prepped right, yeah. for games. I, I'll just go ahead and give you get you prepped. I don't believe in y'all at all. <laughs> um, if you want to use that as motivation, sure, take that. Austin missed all of last year with the torn ACL, and he's he's committed to Well, he might be season. the game changer. Can, I hope. He, can he overcome... <laughs> Can he overcome JJ? That's my that's my question. <laughs> the, the pitching is still a big question mark. Yeah, you know, and, and it's a softball team. Like, you know, and it's just it and they ask that JJ hard. Jackson to pitch. Right. I mean, what's the team? Is doing? that is that so like you don't have to field as much? Is that the is that the thing? <laughs> I, I would like to think I field the position pretty well. Some of well. the guys are concerned with getting balls hit right back at them. That would make sense. So I'm yeah. not, and I'm not worried about it. And he's not. He's, oh, cool. And truthfully, I do feel the position pretty well. He does. I need to throw strikes more frequently. Yeah. That, well, and speaking of he's managers. a big uh, walks per nine and home runs per nine guy. That's not uh, great. Those numbers aren't. We're looking for a new good. manager. Walking well. somebody yeah. in a slow pitch softball is pretty rough. Yeah. Pretty rough. I got to do better. But he admits it. He owns up to it. So that's half the battle. I guess. <laughs> What would it take for you to come by for just to watch a single pitch? Money. Not stay for a game, but to watch just a single pitch. Money. Okay. My time is valuable. <laughs> All right. Let's do uh, Let's do NBA war. Um, Ferg, you've never lost. Nope. Um, you've never lost an NFL war. Nope. Um, you're, you're quite great at competition here on Sports Call. Especially we still, the pointless ones. We still need to uh, – I want to set up kind of our – Olympic Games that we've always toyed with. Bill Bailey was big on trying to create the sports call Olympic Games and never got it to be set up, but a mini golf outing, you know, a bowling outing, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we run a I'm not a, usually a part of this. Maybe we run a mile so. and, and, and yeah. you know, compete in the sports call setting there. That'd who be knows? pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. 
We can make it happen. Suck at wind after right. about 400 So years. it's yeah. NBA war, and Justin Ferguson's going to take on Austin Scott. Ryan, you want to handle the judging duties today? Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. And um, I'll, I'll set us up. So five categories, eight cards, five players to choose from. So three cards. That's math for you. Will not be selected. All right. Here are your superlatives. Most likely to be on the cover of Men's Vogue Fashion Magazine. The biggest prankster. Most likely to dance in a Chris Brown music video. That was a fun one we did with the NFL cards. Uh, most likely to believe that they are actually a superhero. And most likely to ride a bicycle as a form of transportation. Again, most likely to be on the cover of Men's Vogue Fashion Magazine. The biggest prankster. Most likely to dance in a Chris Brown music video. Most likely to believe that they are actually a superhero. And most likely to ride a bicycle as a form of transportation. You guys ready? Yep. Looking at your cards, how do you feel? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Got some okay. interesting choices. You've got some interesting choices. Match them up together. Okay. Um, Austin, would you like to go first, or would you like to defer for this uh, first category? This mean, that mean I go first the second Correct. time? Correct. Right? Uh, I'll defer this time. Okay. okay. Ferg, you're going first. Most likely to be on the cover of a Men's Vogue fashion magazine. What do you have? Gotta go with style. You tried this last time we played, and you were like, oh, well, Europe. And it's like, <laughs> that's a, okay, God, yeah, all right. There you go. That's a, that's, that's a, so not to completely go with JJ's strategy again, but I, I do think, A, this man is pretty fashionable. There you go. He's pretty fashionable. Uh, good looking dude. He's been known uh, throughout his career, and he's had a pretty long career at this point. But a European import coming from a very fashionable country. Uh, and uh, like I said, like I said, handsome, well-dressed uh, player from from every stop he's been in. I'm going with Ricky Rubio. Okay. Ricky very good. Rubio. Good selection. Yeah. All right. We're trying to find the most likely to be on the cover of a men's Vogue fashion magazine. Austin. Yeah, I thought about going the same route, the international route. Uh, I think I'm going to go a little bit different and pick pick someone. We're looking to sell magazines here, right? Yes. And uh, still be fashionable. So you want someone who's hot right now, uh, trendy. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Jordan Poole right now. Mm. He's looking special out there. Uh, I also happen to know some of the judges' rooting interests, so I'm going to take good. advantage of that. That was the advice I was given one yeah, time. That's good. Um, and so, By uh, your competitor today? Uh, uh, allegedly. Most likely to be on the cover of Men's Vogue Fashion me- uh, Magazine. Jordan Poole's real, real big talking point in the NBA right now and uh, seems to be a, a hot point for the kids. So I think I'm going to go Jordan Poole of the Golden State Warriors. I see swag when I look at Jordan Poole. I can get I behind do. the fashion. Yeah, the, the Rubio angle from, from being from Spain definitely matters. Uh, however, the timeliness of, of year... Uh, and it doesn't hurt that Poole just had a, a nice game too with the NBA Finals and there was this video, and I don't know how if it was true or not, but of him seemingly looking courtside at a, a couple of girls courtside, <laughs> yes, and then immediately yes. hitting a couple of threes, and, and that that's that's a pretty good game right there. Uh, so I'll go point to Austin for Jordan. All right, Austin Scott, a lead on Ferguson. Does he blow the lead? Wow, probably. Here we go, the biggest prankster. Austin, you go first now. Yeah, this is one I've uh, I've got some several options uh, I could have. I, there's one uh, I want to go, but I think I'm going to go uh, a different way because there has been what he thought was a prank, uh, and it, it was poorly timed. We're going to go, if anyone remembers, uh, right before COVID everything, 
Rudy Gobert oh. <laughs> decided Yikes. to touch all the microphones, <laughs> and uh, that that ended very poorly uh, for Rudy That's Gobert. And so That's we're, strong. We're gonna stick with Rudy Gobert. That's a good card. From Utah Jazz. <laughs> a great card, right there. It's a great one. Um, I'm gonna go with somebody who's probably a little bit more lighthearted with his pranks, known for his humor. Actually, his humor uh, and um, just the kind of dude he is. And I guess his looks play into this a lot. Um, but uh, he, he's been in quite a few commercials, uh, comedic uh, commercials. And a guy who just, you can, on the teams he's been on in the past, he's kind of, he's kind of, he had a relationship, I know, a close friendship with a certain player. And they would, uh, they would, they would pull pranks and, and, and stuff like that. I'm going to go with uh, Boban Marjanovic. Mm. Oh, that's good. Big Boban, the comedic genius, the big man. Boby and Toby. This is tough. This, this, is, is, a, this is a really, really good tough one. one. That was a really good that, one. I, that is as good of a counter as you can have. Can I award half a point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, see, Bobon's no. recent commercials have been good. Yeah. Um, where they're doing the one on the shelf. and uh, He is a big prankster. I mean, just watching things. the guy on the Go page. literally ended up touching all the mics and then got... Oh, gosh. I mean, literally the man, literally the, the man who started the the lockdown <laughs> in the United States of America. His imp- his global reach seems was well, huge. His frequent but frequency, I think you have to lean Boban. But I don't make the call at the end of the day. <sighs> I'm going Go Bear. Wow. wow. I'm going Go Bear because wow. that was the most unfortunate prank. Yeah. In the history of, of Ferguson's in, in a hole NBA. here. I'm worried. I'm worried, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, most likely to dance in a Chris Brown music video is our next one. Well, this guy, this guy was famous uh, not too long ago for uh, dancing in front of the camera while his uh, while his teammate was uh, giving an interview. Uh, mm. And uh, a guy who's a really great personality, he's got a lot of moves. Uh, and an Auburn tie. This is a dude that this is a dude that Bruce Pearl really wanted to come here, and it didn't work out. Um, but uh, he, he, they, I know, I know, Bruce felt like, uh, if I remember correctly, they were kind of on him before a lot of other teams were, and then he ended up going to a much bigger program. Um, and that that dance dancing guy is Bam Adebayo. Mm. If you remember the video of him dancing in front of the camera while Jimmy Butler's trying to get interviewed? <laughs> it's pretty good. That's he's, great. he's had some moments like this uh, on the floor throughout his, throughout his young career. That's a good one. Uh, I'm battling between two here. When we share the rest of ours, I'll share later which one it was. Uh, but I think I'm going to go the angle of Chris Brown, been around, Made his money. Yeah. Had some successes. Yeah. Uh, so someone with a, a big a bit of street cred is going to need to be, know Chris Brown to get right. into a music video. Carmelo Anthony's been around. Mm. Uh, he he might not be able to dance very well. We'll we'll admit it. But he'd be in the background and would help boost the music video uh, ratings. Yeah. So we're going to go with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he in the picture here. He is uh, in the as the Trailblazers, but he's listed as the Lakers. So. <laughs> I don't know if that was a gotta love the di- gotta love the Don Rose card too. Yeah. Um, so this point's gonna go to Ferg. If it was most likely to be in a Chris Brown music video, yeah, and not actually dance in it, true, then I would give it to Carmelo. But I, I Carmelo's way, way that. Carmelo's way too cool to actually dance. Yeah. And Bam and Bam and is actually point. yeah. 
Joints, <laughs> joints are not working like these. Yeah. So point deferred. Okay. All right. Most likely to believe that they are actually a superhero. Austin tough. Scott leads two to one. Oh no. We're going one here. Um, you feel good right now? I, I feel decent. Okay. Decent. Uh, this person's been also been in the news as of late. Uh, Bruce Pearl talked about him on okay. our interview this morning. So you'll hear this in a little uh, bit. So he's, he's quite excited, or he's quite an eccentric player. Thinks highly of himself, but but pads the stat sheet. And uh, as a superhero, you can you got to get aggressive sometimes and get a little bit violent if you need to. Yeah. And uh, you might not need to pull anyone's shorts down, but we're gonna go with Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors <laughs> that might actually believe he's his own superhero. Yeah. Boy, did Bruce Pearl talk about him, and you'll hear he that sure a little did. bit later in the show. And yeah. so Draymond positively, got his own. like he's talked he's talked a lot about Draymond in the past. <laughs> not so much against his hometown <laughs> Boston Celtics. Oh, that's we'll right. Say, we'll that's say. right. You, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah. There's a particular a good quote. That people are going to find. Yeah. That's a good tease. Um, Draymond Green. Draymond Green, most likely to believe that he is a superhero. I like that. I'm buying that so far. Ferg. So I think when you think of superheroes, you get, you know, I'm thinking of power, strength, size, but more importantly, invincibility. The guy you can go in and just be like, man, nothing bad can ever happen to me. Um, This keeps like, I can't die. I feel like I can't die. Uh, And if that doesn't describe the career of one of the biggest players in the league, uh, but also just a dude that like just somehow just keeps sticking around. And he's gotten, he got big contract after big contract. The contracts aren't as big anymore, but it's just, he's constantly on the move. Teams are always like, oh, we need a big guy. Let's go get him. And it's just very, I, I just think invincible power strong kind of like a kind of like a late career superman andre drummond why do they keep why do people keep giving him money he is in on so many teams at this point um but yeah just he he obviously like if somebody keeps paying him enough money and keep to keep doing these things like these physical feats it's just like man i might be a superhero i might i might just be powerful i might have i might have powers that's really good i don't make calls here but it's 2-1, Austin Scott leading Justin Ferguson. Most likely to believe they're actually a superhero. Judge Lavoyer presented Draymond Green versus Andre Drummond. Your so decision, if I sir. Could ca- if I could counter, I have, like, if, if I could talk about somebody's pick, I would right here. Like, lobby against it. Because there's, one, for it. there's <laughs> one thing I would mention about it. Because it's, it's a good pick, but I would like to point one thing out. Go for it. The thing says most likely to believe that they are a superhero. Draymond Green has never thought he was the good guy in any situation in life. <laughs> Super villain? Sure. Sure. <laughs> villain. Not hero. Draymond Green has never thought of himself as a superhero. That man is an evil person. That's a fantastic argument. There you go. <laughs> but you see, I also feel like with Draymond, when I hear him speak, um, you know, he very much feels um He's delusional. Yeah. I'll give him well, that. Well, he is delusional. <laughs> uh, and I, I know he just uh, he just had the Grant Williams stuff where he said, you try to be me um, out there. I, you know, that's a good point. But mm, I'm trying to think, like, if, all if, the things I've If Drummond I've heard doesn't deserve talk. to be in the NBA and people keep saying, you deserve to be in the NBA. <laughs> keep moving. Then if someone like, says, you're Spider-Man, see, he let, might be like, I might be Spider-Man. So let me say, though, does he himself believe that he should be a superhero or is that the other team saying that he is he keeps, like He keeps saying he needs to get these contracts. It's a good argument, man. So let me let me take. No, it's funny. Draymond comes up here too because I know it's taking an exorbitant amount of time. I'm not stalling. I do I do have my pick in, but um, it's like 
what they did with Draymond in game two, where it was like, should we should we be honest here and give him the technical and throw him out? Or should we say, oh, it's Draymond Green, we can't really do this, and let's just keep the game going, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it's funny that it involves Draymond, because obviously they chose to keep him going. Right. Um, I am going Draymond Green. No! Wow! Wow! All right, Austin Scott has won, but we've got Pride on the line. Can Ferg get a point back? How do you feel right now, Justin Ferguson? Uh, this was a really bad pack for me. I will say this. Uh, this, this was... It's luck of the draw, and I just I I got this pack I, is I, I, my pack's decent. I yeah, kept going I, with who I have left strong, here is pretty strong, good. Yeah. Again, I kept going with the belief that Draymond might think he's a villain, but he might be crazy enough to think he is the hero too. I mean, at the same time, like he Dray, Draymond's got a loud personality. He's going to believe something. I haven't really heard Andre Drummond, you know, be like, "Oh yeah, I'm that guy." But my whole thing though is hero versus villain. That's yep. yeah, it's very clear. That was the only thing that ki- that. I was worried about getting off of that one, and uh, and if I don't, if I didn't win that one, I don't think I win the game. All right, well here's our last oh. one. Most likely to ride a bicycle as a form of transportation. Oh, this one's easy. This guy looks like he would ride a bike everywhere, and uh, <laughs> he's in Brooklyn. Uh, Joe Harris. <laughs> <laughs> nice. it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn. It's quite easy. Point four was really for the game. That's Austin. how crucial yeah. that call yeah. was. My Hail Mary here would have been, uh, once again, to appeal to a different rooting interest of yours, uh-huh. but also talk about how this guy made his made his cut on defense. Uh, really good player for Auburn here when Bruce Pearl uh, found him in Isaac Okora of the Calves. Nice. Uh, gotcha. That's good. I like that. The, the, the that sustenance and the bicycle transportation. I'm, I'm still going Joe Harris. Yeah, I uh, too. That is respectable, though. So I also had Michael Bridges, Julius Randall, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It's just a really yeah. tough pack to deal with. Had Jalen Suggs, Dorian Finney-Smith, and uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Mm. Okay. Wow. Dang. NBA War today on June First 7th. Loss. But you're still the champ. Well, no, not right now. I mean, <laughs> not right now we've Most got a, we've got a champion. Did, uh, well, did you win your last? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's undefeated. <laughs> he is yeah. the he is the undefeated one. Austin, now. well, we're gonna have to run this back at some point. Yeah. Well, I guess so. You can you can beat up all these guys easy. That <laughs> <laughs> ain't gonna be close. <laughs> That's great. That's great. What do you th- what have you thought of the final so far, Ferg? Um. The fourth quarter in game one sucked. Uh, that wasn't fun. That wasn't fun at all. Um, and I feel like that one's going to be something that hangs around for a while. Um, yeah, it's just the Warriors just made common sense adjustments. Like, it was the defensive strategy in game one was so stupid. And then in game two, it was like, okay, well, you didn't do the dumb thing and it worked. Good job, Steve. Um, but, you know, it just continues. These whole playoffs have kind of continued to show that the best player on the floor is Steph Curry. And, and he's playing some of his best basketball of his of this late stage of later stage of his career um it was fun seeing like because the thing is is that there's so much in the nba finals like everybody's got to have like this all-encompassing take like right off the bat and that's why i hate like i'll be honest like i watch the warriors i hate nba twitter i hate nba discussions they're so like intellectually bankrupt it's 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 incredible um, like people will be like, man, did you see what CJ McCollum said? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like CJ McCollum, like there were people talking today about like CJ McCollum said, well, everybody knows that when we played against him, that Kevin Durant was the best player on that team, not Steph Curry. And it's like, okay, hey, why are we talking about that? Kevin Durant's been long been out of the playoffs. Number two, it's like, okay, all right, so 
your team got swept when Durant wasn't around, right? So it's just like, but there's so many vo- there's so it's just so stupid because it is such a popular sport and it's such an individual driven sport that like first take and all these places are going to put a ton of emphasis on it and it's just like and it just poisons everything about basketball in the NBA and and, and you know I found myself kind of switching like for a while it was just like well you know nba over college was more entertaining to me i found myself more just because there's less garbage around college basketball um so yeah everyone's going to come up with this like big all-encompassing take about you know what happened it's just the the matter is the warriors had a terrible fourth quarter um i think in the first half of the of game two it was like aha aha here it is jason tatum's back y'all messed up and then he had like two (laughs) points in the second half right kind of had the luca thing happen to him all over again you know it's just every game's its own little little organism well i thought the and i think you retweeted patrick claybone's tweet about everyone loves to make the big statement after game one well that's because they can do it again they can do it again and that was just no one no one no one gets and that's the thing about um like hot takes and stuff like that and and you know (laughs) there are people who will like I don't, think, I don't say criticize, but like you know, there have been people that have like on our podcast and stuff like that. It's like, well, you don't, you know, y'all don't ever really do that or like anything. Like Painter and I hardly ever disagree, and it's like, well, okay. Like if you want to hear somebody argue about stuff, go listen to literally anything else. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you can come up with it, and there's no accountability, right? Like like you're if you constantly shoot out hot takes at every turn. It doesn't matter what you say. Like, no one's going to hold you accountable for the last one because you're already on to a new one. Yep. And it's just like, huh, that's got to be so annoying. But so it, so it gets attention, man. It's what gets views and listens and clicks click and bait, all that. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I was not, I was just not built for that life. Yeah, no, it, it's annoying. I, I block. So I flat out and I still, I still see it because there's ways, but I completely blocked Nick Wright on twitter so that i never see a tweet <laughs> yeah, like nick wright uh you know colin cowherd you know that whole crew and uh, you know i think the issue with the finals in particular just talking if you about work at fox sports just don't <laughs> talk to me ever <laughs> um it is we're not always used to um because we have one singular championship game in college basketball we have one yeah. championship game in foot and both footballs obviously it's really just baseball and then pro basketball where we have these series of the major sports i mean i not i mean i watch nhl too but just of the big three um and so we're not used to saying like having to realize it's a marathon kind of thing that there's going to be a six or seven games that will decide it not one singular game and you know i think there's two ways of looking at the first two games because you could look at it and say from golden state's point of view they've been the better team for all but one quarter uh and feel really good about how they're matching up right now and boston could also say well we've only been the best team for one quarter and it's been good enough to tie so if we can ever figure out how to yeah. be good for multiple quarters it's, it's been an even series you know mm-hmm. i think i think just even though the big point differential in game two it's just still like yeah it just gets away from you sometimes um i don't know if this is like i don't know if this is becoming like me being like a sports hipster or something i guess i don't want to like come across that way but like i found myself more like you know the nfl and the nba you know, i'll watch them and i pay attention to them but like there's just like at an arm's length at this point and like some of these more you mentioned hockey just say i'm not in like deep in hockey i've started watching a whole lot more in the playoffs 
I think hockey's very refreshing because I don't see or hear any of that because it's it's still it's still kind of a niche sport. Soccer was like that for, for a while, but the funny thing is, is like worldwide and on the internet, soccer's the, yeah, soccer's very toxic. Um, so it's just like yeah, I find myself like watching a little bit more NHL. Baseball's kind of gets away from that because the season's so freaking long. Like you know you like sure they'll be like that in the playoffs, but like by then I'm already in the middle of you know football season. So yeah, I, I, I it just it just it irritates me so much. Um, that, Legacy like, debates all the time. You know, all the time, and yeah. it's like, and it's, and that is purely manufactured, mm-hmm. right? There's like no, like, there's no, there's no real validity to any of that. There's no concrete. So it's like legacy. It's like, okay, it's just what that one moron thinks over another one. Like, it's just like, what are you going to argue about? Like, you're going to like who you like, that person, and what, it, what? Yeah, and it's like that's okay. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to have any sort of statement. It's just, I don't know, I. There was a time where I felt like the like NBA the NBA like conversation on Twitter like it was a little better, but good lord, it is. I think so much to, worse. I assume. Do you like Rob Perez on Twitter? Not really. No, really. Because he tweets okay. like an eighth grade girl. Okay. <laughs> about, was, about basketball all the time, and it's like it just gets a little annoying. Gotcha. I was going to say the, the, the free clips are good. Deba- yeah, I was going to say no. He does, yeah, the, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. You do you do remove yourself. It's like if you could bottle up just the like clips and the yeah just like humor in what he says instead of like you know did this guy only scoring 19.4 points a game for these six games ruin his status as a top (laughs) 10 player in the nba you know just made up Uh it's made up all of it is made up and so yeah i guess i guess that's my thing too is just like like when i like when i watch sports in my free time which i don't i find myself not doing quite as much recently because like (laughs) it reminds me of work uh, too and i love my job but like you also want to kind of kind of separate that a little bit but that's why it looks like some of these sports like like watching more hockey like watching more some of this other stuff you're just like ah yes and maybe and i'm sure like the great debates and all that and then the legacy and all that junk maybe may, might exist in hockey i don't think it's as big a hockey culture as as, right. as it is in some places but like maybe it's just me just being like i don't know anything about this and this is refreshing yeah. i'm a, you know i am completely oblivious to what's going on i think it's fun I, I heading into heading into the playoffs i have a i have a friend of mine who covers the the avalanche um he does a great job with it and so i have a friend who covers the avalanche and then of course gianna who used to be here covers the flyers and so those are the two teams i see more of and uh, i do this all the time with other teams in baseball it's like when i see a bunch of stuff like uh i know more about the astros and the brewers than any other team besides the Braves, just because i have friends who, who cover mm-hmm. those teams so i was We're like talking com- about the angels and i'm thinking of sam blum now being yeah yeah athletic guy angels and, angels is a good point and he, he had an interesting day That's yesterday right. <laughs> uh and um no, and so it was like heading into the playoffs. I was like, man, I just really like watching the Avs. Like they're a lot of fun, and man, they just steamrolled the Oilers in this in this last round going to the going to the cup. And you know, gonna be a bandwagon, gonna be a bandwagon Avalanche fan um, because the Flyers are terrible. Like I know the <laughs> I know a lot about the Flyers because I still read Gianna stuff, but it's just like, oh wow, they're real bad. Uh, so <laughs> I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed following a sport I know nothing about. Um, and I guess I get that from my dad, who for some reason got into Australian rules football a couple of years ago. And he'll watch it in the middle of the night, and I'm like, "Why? And it's like, it's fun. It's like I know nothing about this. This is a whole lot of fun. No one's talking about it. It's like that, that's a good point. Well, it's now a five-game series yes. in the NBA Finals, uh, tied at one. Bruce Pearl's hometown Boston Celtics. We did pre-record with him a little bit earlier today. You will hear how Coach Pearl views the NBA Finals going so far, coming up at about 5.15. 
So uh, that's coming your way in just a little bit. You want to stick around for one more segment? You want to bid us adieu here? I think I'll probably have. I mean, yeah, I'll probably head out. Okay. Well, (laughs) hey, check out the Auburn Observer. Yep. You're the best, Ferg. Thank you. On Twitter, at JFergusonAU. And uh, we'll get the NBA War rematch set up soon, okay? I might have to take a little while. I might have to beat up on some other, on some other folks before, I, <laughs> okay, before, yeah, I, before yeah. I run it again. How about this? You play me next time. Oh, that's uh, easy. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Yeah. Get our get our motivation back up. Thanks for being here, Ferg. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, that does it for the second hour of our program. Two hours of the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Austin Scott, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy. Thanks again to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for stopping by. The show's flying by as uh, we're going to get a chance to catch up with Auburn men's basketball head coach Bruce Pearl here in just a little bit. Here we are in June, and uh, you might be saying to yourselves, are there really that many Auburn athletic events going on and that sort of thing? Well, the baseball team is heading off to the Super Regionals at Oregon State this upcoming weekend. And then we've got Auburn football season right around the corner. It always sneaks up on us. So here we go at 5 o'clock. Let's start the third hour as we do every day. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our Daily Show Recap here today. Tom joked on yesterday's show about uh, that That escalated really quickly uh, was in reference to all the baseball games we saw for the Auburn Tigers because their offense came out hot and quickly and early. And next thing you know, it's it's 11 nothing uh, after the first inning. You're like, wow, that was fast. Uh, our Daily Show Recap here today in the first hour, Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, stopped by. Terrific conversation with him. You can go back and listen to that on our podcast. Got to play NBA War in the second hour with Justin Ferguson, and he was defeated. Austin Scott came out victorious uh, for the first time ever. Ferg went down. Austin, you're now unbeaten. Uh, what a fun yeah. day this is. Uh, I'm trying to remember who my other game against was. Cam judged, and it was me versus... Was it me? Was it Brooks? Wasn't was it, it me? Uh, I don't think so. Brant? I'll have to go back and look. Okay. I don't remember. I don't either. I mean, it'd have to it be wasn't more. me. It was not me. Maybe it was It must Brooks. have been me. Yeah. It must have been Brooks. 
I don't no, remember. it was. It absolutely was. Sure. Because you had a Jabari Parker card. Or no, you had a Marvin Bagley the third. And I thought it you was. said he was from Kansas. Sense. Yeah. That's yes. Right. Yeah, and you got hurt. And the Duke guy in me was like, ouch. Yeah. But yeah, right before that last time, I asked we had Ferg on the phone lines. Yes. I asked you, him for advice and how to win and uh, wow. the student has become the master. I mean <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's I'll, great. I got I like I said, if I hadn't gotten the dream on one, yeah. It would it wouldn't have Right. It would have gone the other way. And it was a tight series. Tight series, and um, I'm sure at some point we'll run that matchup back. Because well, it'll be great. I, what I was trying to get at is, I was al- I was alluding to, like maybe I sh- like there's the temptation to be like, oh, to extend the game, you know, give Ferg and that, and JJ the, was trying to do that. Call. JJ was pushing I'm for like, you to extend it. I'm just I, I can't I can't do that. I'm just like I'm gonna pick the right one here, whether, here, no matter okay. the game situation. I'm calling you. Yeah, I, I think might you, have been. you were pu- might have you were been. pushing it. You wanted the suspense. I did. I did, but, you know, he was a, a fair man, as he's saying, and, and he made the right decision and the right calls. So it's been a fun show. And, again, coming up here in about 10 minutes, Bruce Pearl will be on the program. That's exciting that Coach Pearl was able to visit with us. We chatted with him uh, this morning around lunchtime and uh, got to hear about the Auburn Tigers as they get set for the upcoming basketball season. Players are arriving, and uh, we talk about the NBA Finals with him and just several other topics. So make sure you don't turn that radio dial and listen to it right here on on Tiger 95.9 FM. Another note, uh, Thunder Chickens, we are two weeks away from kicking off the 2022 season, so fired up about that right around the corner. So uh, that will be awesome as uh, the season's almost here, Brooks. Yeah, it is uh, getting closer and closer, and I cannot wait to... um can't wait to trot out there. Yeah. I'm not going to say run out there. I'm going to say trot out there. And, and see what we can do. Austin it can't be worse than last year. First time. Yeah, I know. Cluck up, man. Cluck, Cluck up, up indeed. Like, well, here we are. It's time to go out there and compete. I, well, and we're going to do that. In theory, I guess it could be worse than last year. We could lose every game and not have any wins, but, you know, well, let's not positive do that. side of things. Yeah, positive side always. Well, it can't be worse on the field. True. We didn't win a game on the field. That's we won true. We forfeit game. That's true. So, but, and we all... I, Going for two. I think, I mean, again, just abusing, or just not abusing ourselves, but just showing how terrible we were um i think we only had one game where we weren't run ruled it was that 14 to 10 game there wow. might have been one other we did come the bats heated up there toward but the, the but that was i think that was the only game where we didn't get run ruled yeah i'm trying to so remember again myself. on the field it can't get worse yeah well, as long as we play you know full full time a lot of games this right. year that's, and all that kind of good jazz <laughs> Uh, look, if our offense can anywhere near replicate what Auburn did offensively this past weekend, I think we'll be in good hands. We will not be hitting those kind of home runs, though. You don't think so? No. And and our players shouldn't try. Okay. That was the issue. Hit yeah. for contact. If, if, if half the guys on the team hit it as far as they can, it's a fly ball to the left field that's caught. Right. So try and get on top of the ball, hit through the ball, and hit a line drive. Noted. I'm going to make sure I do that. You did year. that several oh, okay. times to so the yeah. opposite yeah. field, yeah. especially if you're hitting to the opposite field. Like they straight up shift some lefties, and I, was I got fr- shifted, and I, I, my favorite at bat of the season, we took I that personally. A, I flicked a double down the left field line. I felt like Freddie Freeman. Just, <laughs> you can't don't shift on us. You can't focus on what the other team's doing. You got to focus on what you're doing. If they're hitting home runs, you just you can't go up there and start swinging like you're going to hit a home run, right? Right. That was my good old. We we don't have a manager. Out. We have Jared Dillard. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was told to me today. Right. It still hasn't sunk in for a lot of people. But he's transitioning from 
uh, catcher. Just a massive change from Javon Cutler. Right. Catchers usually yeah. make good managers. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. They really do. There's several of them. Yeah. I played the catcher position several times last year. Yeah. Yeah. And you also stuck me in right field, which was disastrous. Didn't you play second base a little bit, too? Or was that intramurals? Um... I don't think I ever got put at sec. You put me at shortstop really late in the season when we were desperate for players. Yeah, I remember that. And that, that. wasn't positive either. <laughs> yeah, that look from Ryan. That wasn't a po- it wasn't a positive experience. We were pretty desperate at the end of the year. Yeah. Not that Brooks shouldn't play, but... Short. He shouldn't play short. The most important infield position. <laughs> I still feel bad. There was one game, and I, I guess I shouldn't feel bad because they were beating the pants off of us, but there, uh, there was a play that someone was coming around to score. I was catcher, and someone threw the ball to me, and the ball I, I kind of missed it, and so my glove. I tried to make the. Pl- I tried to grab it and bring it around and tag him as he was coming in, and I definitely like smacked the guy in the side of the head as he Good. was coming oh, around. No. He Good. still scored, but oh. and the ball got away from me. <laughs> but I felt bad that I hit him in the head and nothing came of it. If that's where you got to tag him, I mean, you just <laughs> put it costs. on him and hold on to. It. That's why I was like, I don't care. <laughs> He wasn't injured. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't seem like he had any hard feelings. Yeah, he felt okay afterwards. He, you know, things happen. It's like if, if if J.J. plunked a batter or something, it's like, well, I mean, it's 25 miles per hour. It's not like it's going <laughs> to scar you permanently. But I feel like it, it was a very hard relay throw from someone because it was definitely Probably like a deep or something. Yeah. Man. I Why don't we take a commercial bad. break? Uh, and when we come back... We're going to chat with Bruce Pearl. And not ask him about the Thunder Yeah, he, we will promise you that. No Thunder Chicken talking coming, don't worry. Not discussed whatsoever. On the other side of this break, the men's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers, Bruce Pearl, joins us on Sports Call. That's coming up next right here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM on the Tiger Communications app and locally here in the Auburn and Opelika area. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, and we are now thrilled to go to our phone lines and bring on the head coach of the Auburn University men's basketball team, Bruce Pearl, back with us for another visit. Coach, we appreciate the time. How's the summer treating you so far? Well, great to be with you, J.J., Ryan, and Brooks. Uh, uh, so far, been really good. Uh, I'm undefeated. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that, 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 that's a really positive thing. Uh, we've got almost all of our guys uh, on campus uh, with, uh, with Chance just getting in on Sunday and uh, hopefully Yohan getting in later this week. Coach, you spent a lot of the time this weekend at the ballpark watching Butch Thompson and that Auburn baseball team over at Plainsman Park. Why, why is it so important for you to be supporting these other teams and how much fun are you having during this ride? Well, I, I tell you what, you talk about a special environment. Uh, you talk about uh, a, a man and a coach in Butch Thompson that has done more for and with Auburn baseball. Um, I mean, you had to be proud. Uh, you're hosting the most competitive regional probably uh, in, the, in the field of the 16. Uh, you've got UCLA and Florida State. Uh, 
and you you know and you just completely dominate it. Uh, it it just speaks to this coaching staff uh, with Gabe and Tim and 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 that whole crew over there. Uh, you know, it just Jeremy Roberts and his crew. Uh, setting the you know setting the whole thing up and 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 the 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 grounds crew and Alan Green our athletic director just the the whole thing um, you know once again and Auburn does it as good as anybody you know could possibly do it and, and you know more than anything those kids on the field um, what a, what a display um, offensive firepower pitching and you know great defense and and uh, and right now they're playing their best as they 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 haven't played that well all year they've grinded. They've competed. They've 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 toughed it out in so many ways, winning so many series and playing such a tough schedule. But they were dominant, and so goodness gracious, if they can keep that thing rolling, um, they're going to continue to advance. No doubt. We'll, we'll see how this weekend goes there in Oregon State. It's been so much fun over the years to watch sort of the friendship between you and and Butch Thompson and uh, Coach. We just want to compliment how well you guys all get together and are supporting each other's teams. It's so much fun and I tell you what, you mentioned the atmosphere. Uh, what a fun weekend it was here in Auburn. Let's talk about more of the Auburn men's basketball program, the things you've got going on. Coach, we got a couple of music DJs here at the station who their children got the chance these past few weeks to participate in some Bruce Pearl basketball camps. I've never <laughs> asked you this before on the radio, but tell me a little bit about that and the ability to have what we heard was just hundreds of basketballs and little kids <laughs> shooting every drop-off morning. Yeah, man, it was it's, it was so cool. Uh, you know, the camps obviously have done well and gone well and, and, and really increased in size. Um, but I think more than anything else, uh, we're you know we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna be involved in it, we're gonna try to do it right. And I've got a great staff, Chad Pruitt, uh, you know, kind of as a director of basketball operations, sort of leads our camps. But all of our coaches participate, and um, you know, I was at SEC meetings for the first two days, uh, but I will be at every single day of camp that I'm in town for. Every now and then, you know, recruiting or other things will get me out of town. Sure, but. Anyways, you hear from campers that have gone to other college camps, and they're like, "Coach, we never see that. We never see the, the coaches. We hardly ever see the players. Our guys are all there. They're they're coaching teams. They're refereeing. They're taking pictures. They're signing autographs. They're present. And um, you know, we we've grown, and you know, we 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 utilize our facility here at Auburn Arena, our main floor, our practice gym, and then this year we actually had to rent the rec facility." Uh, which is not easy to do, uh, but it's, it's, it's at a time of the year when the more, a lot of our students are gone, and so we are able to get over there and get four courts over there for part of the day, uh, which allows us to accommodate uh, more campers. Um, we, were, we, we literally had over 100 kids on a waiting list for last week's camp, and then we decided, you know what, we're going to go rent that facility and, um, and, and, and accept another 100 campers uh, just because we didn't want to disappoint uh, our fan base and those kids. Just unbelievable. We've heard a lot of positive things in the community. And like I said, we had a couple of music DJs coming back to the station and trying to tell the sports talk guys, you guys might be a little bit past your prime, but the basketball <laughs> that we saw at the camp this past week was sensational. Tell me about your players, though, their ability to kind of get involved and, and know that there are a lot of kids who one day maybe dream of being an Auburn Tiger or playing at the SEC at such a high level of basketball. When you talk with your players on current rosters or previous rosters, what do they get out of that experience themselves? Well, I mean, the most important thing is that the campers have a great experience, that they get a chance to get coached, 
Uh, they get a chance to do you know skills and drills that help them perform better on the court. Uh, we compete. We keep score. We have lots of contests. Just, it's a lot of fun, and um, and I think that uh, I think. But the one thing that's a little different, perhaps, about our camp is all of my coaches will get up, and, and as well as myself, and we'll speak the character, and we'll speak about academics. We'll talk about God and their relationship. We'll talk about family. We'll talk about their responsibilities. Uh, we'll give them some of the keys that it takes for them to be successful. We'll let them hear from our student athletes. And so just sort of like we try to do as far as our culture with the basketball program, there are lots of places you could go to become a better basketball player and to be coached. But if you come to Auburn, we're going to work on you becoming a better teammate, a better man, a better father, a better husband, whatever. That's what you're going to get. Um, and, and, and believe it or not, that trickles down to the culture of our basketball camps and our responsibility for working with young people. Something else going on this time of year, Coach, obviously, is preparations for the NBA draft, and that being just three or so weeks away. Obviously, Auburn has a couple projected first-round picks, including potentially the number one overall pick in Jabari Smith. And, Coach, I'm curious, when you have a scout or an executive or a coach, as sometimes they do, talk to the head coach. Talk to you about Jabari Smith. What do you tell them? Well, yeah, and we've talked to we've talked to all the teams at the top of the draft, and and uh, you know, obviously, you know what, you know, picture paints a thousand words. They they're able to see for themselves, um, you know, what a great player Jabari is, um, what a great jump shooter he is, how is it, how he can score on multiple levels, how he can guard one through five. Um, they hear about his work ethic. They care about what kind of teammate he is. You know, all Jabari Jabari cared about was winning. And, and, and so, therefore, he had a tremendous leadership role on this team. Um, he just wanted to come in and get better and grow as a person and as a player. And he did that. He didn't care who got the, who got the credit. Um, his teammates were genuinely happy for him because of the kind of person he was, the kind of teammate he was, the kind of friend he was. You know, Jabari came in and enjoyed his Auburn freshman year. He went to football games and women's basketball games and volleyball games and gymnastics meets, and, and he participated in activities on campus. He was accessible. Um, he was just like any other freshman on campus, except he was 6'10", and God had blessed him with some incredible ability on the basketball court. And what people just don't really quite realize is how long and how disciplined he has worked over the last probably four or five years to get to this point. It started in his high school he was a 6.30 in the morning, every day, get up and get in the gym guy. Who does that at 14 and 15 and 16? His high school coach deserves a lot of credit. His, fair, his family deserves a lot of credit. So this is, this is an NBA All-Star. This is what an NBA All-Star looks like, and that's why he's going to go number one. And what do guys like Jabari do for your program? Because, I mean, this is, you know, he could be the first number one overall pick here, but at the same time, you've had guys uh, in recent years go very high, like an Isaac Okoro uh, and a lot of other guys that have been picked here in the uh, in the NBA draft the last few years that Auburn didn't see for a long period of time. So what does that do for your program, and how much easier does it make it to, to tell these kids that, hey, there is an absolute pathway here to do well not only at Auburn, but to do well at the next level? Well, it is, you know, again, uh, don't, don't, you know, just, just see for yourself, you know, what, you know, what, what this opportunity is all about. And, um, you know, Jabari came in, um, probably as a top five to seven high school prospect, 
Um, the closer he got to us, the more he was a top five. Um, he clearly established himself in the top three. And now, um, and again, because I think he's improved. And, um, and, and his team was successful. And it wasn't, I mean, look at his competition. You know, his t- competition are guys at Duke, are guys at Gonzaga, uh, and, and, and guys who are also extremely accomplished and had as much national acclaim as, as Jabari did at Auburn. So, yes, it tells anybody, uh, especially the kids that aren't too terribly far from our, our campus, you can stay home, you can come to Auburn, you can be great, you can win championships, and you can have this experience. So it, it, it does open the door for the next guys. Coach, when you look at both Jabari and Walker Kessler going into the NBA draft, you kind of answer it there with Jabari a little bit, but talking about both of them, uh, when did you see on campus that they had this level of NBA potential? Um, you know what, you, 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 for me, I probably saw it when we were in the Bahamas with Jabari, you know, be able to step up and, and you know, pretty at a really, really young age, at 18 years old, you know, be able to handle three games in four days, and, and really compete. And uh, no matter how they try to hold him and push him around and, and be physical with a younger player, this didn't bother him. just brought out the best in him. And, you know, you could just see, um, you know, you just, you just could see. You saw it in his work ethic, but you actually, he wasn't afraid of the moment, ever. Um, and, and he could make, make shots um, and make plays defensively. And so I saw it pretty early with him. With Walker, it took a little longer. Um, but as we worked our way towards number one in the country um, and through the month of January and early February, you know, Walker was the most dominant player in college basketball. He's on the floor with the best player, but the most dominant player was actually Walker because the way he protected the rim. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, you know, Walker at some point was, was never looked at going into high school as, as, as anything – uh, in the way of a great defensive player. Um, one of his concerns even coming to Auburn and playing for me was the pace that we played uh, and the way we extended defensively. And I was going to ask him to switch and do some things guarding guards. And I was asking him to sometimes blitz a ball screen and ice it, keep it aside, and put him in a situation where he's going to get attacked by guards. And Walker himself wasn't sure that he was fast enough or quick enough to play the pace of Auburn basketball. And uh, I, I, I never doubted it, not for a second, because he, what people don't understand is what an outstanding athlete Walker Kessler is. And that's why, you know, I, Walker's going to go in the first round, and my guess is he goes higher than what people are going to think. Bruce, when you look at this team coming forward, we're, we're uh, transitioning to look at next year, this coming year's team. You're getting an opportunity to do with, the, with this team what you did a few years ago. You went on an overseas trip. You went to Italy a couple years ago. This year you get to get, take an overseas trip to Israel. Talk about the process to get this team ready to take that trip and what you hope to get out of the trip this year. Well, you know, we've got, we've got four new scholarship players, um, and, and, and obviously um, – you know, we've got to replace the best front line in college basketball in Jabari and Walker. That's going to be tough. But we've got two returning players in Big Stretch and Dylan Cardwell, uh, who, from a standpoint of returning players, that's pretty solid. Uh, great size, athleticism, experience. And then you bring in Janai Broom, a transfer from Wyatt State. has been in college for two years, but um, at a lower level. And so he's trying to make that OVC to SEC transition, kind of like Wendell Greenlet did last year. Uh, and then Yohan Traylor, 
uh, who is a very talented freshman, um, but has only played basketball at a high level probably about six or seven years. He's from France, and uh, he's got great upside. Um, and uh, the question is going to be how quickly can he transition that upside uh, into productivity. Um, he'll be really good for a freshman. Will he be really good um, in the NCAA? How quickly? That's going to be the, the question with both of those guys. And then in the backcourt, uh, Trey Donaldson and Chance Westry will add depth. We lose Devin Cambridge uh, to transfer. We wish Devin well out in Arizona State where he's going to try to get a bigger role uh, than, he, than he had here. So we're excited for Devin in that regard. And then you bring in, we lose one and then add two. And so we got a chance to be a little deeper in the backcourt. Plus, Leor Berman comes back uh, as well. And so um, the idea about a foreign trip is this. we got to get ready to learn our system, get to know each other, become great friends, try to become close friends, try to become family. And one of the great ways of doing that is, is to experience things. So last weekend we went down the lake. We went to the lake house. We rode the jet skis. We swam in the pool. We, we ate some great fish, and, and we hung out a little bit. And then we're going to work on the court uh, this summer to try to, you know, practice. we got a few extra practices by going overseas. And then we're going to go overseas and we're experience some things, those kids, that virtually could be once in a lifetime. We're going to, we're going to see where Jesus walked, where he taught. Uh, we're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he, where he was betrayed. We're going to go to the Western Wall um, and, 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 and the City of David uh, and learn about their – the guys are going to learn about their Judeo-Christian roots. And we're going to play some really high-caliber basketball playing the Israeli national team, the U-20 team. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a fantastic summer. And, Coach, wanted to follow up a little bit with you there on what you talked about at the end. I mean, what does this trip uh, mean to you personally? Well, you know what? It, it, personally, it means that God is, uh, you know, as, as, as uh, first of all, I love my country. I love the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, the greatest country ever. Uh, for, for me and for my family to have the opportunities that this country has afforded us is, is, um, is, is, is something that, you know, you could never pay back, um, uh, uh, you know, what, what this country has done for us. This country does not get nearly enough credit for how incredible it is and how unique it is, how special it is. Same time, I'm Jewish, and so I understand where my, where my history is and, 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 and the, the birthplace um, of Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and then uh, King David and then Jesus. And all that history is right there in Jerusalem and, and right there in Israel. And, and our kids are going to get to experience it and uh, firsthand. And so, um, you know what? Um, it's going to bring the Bible to life. Um, they're also going to be going to a, a country that loves basketball. And, and the quality of the basketball, there'll be fans in the stands. I think there's a pretty good chance some of those games might even be broadcast back here to the United States. I'm not letting the cat out of the bag on that one, but we're working on something <laughs> there. And so it's, it's just going to be it's, – it's, 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 it's really cool for me personally and as well as, um, you know, trying to create more normalcy. People don't – you know, people sometimes they worry about the security of the state of Israel. I get it. I worry about the security of some of the cities in our country right now and, 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 and everything that's going on. So, um, yeah, there are challenges everywhere, um, but, but I, 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 I think the experience is going to be fantastic. Just a few more for you, Coach. Again, Bruce Pearl's here with us on this 
Tuesday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. Coach, I got to ask you this. About a month from now, all of basketball is going to get to see another year of the TBT tournament coming together. I've never got your thoughts on this, but to see so many former players coming together, creating Team War Ready, tell me about what, what that experience is like to watch it from your perspective. Well, I think it's cool that the former players from all over the country get an opportunity to kind of come back and get together with their with their fellow teammates and have an opportunity to compete and and build that camaraderie and and uh, and so I you know I think that's uh, uh, that's a, it's a really cool thing. I think it also does give you an indication of just how the the window of the month of August is uh, for live sports programming. Um, you know, once we get to Labor Day, once we get to that first weekend in September and college football and the NFL and everything else is going on, August is, we got golf, we got tennis, you got baseball, but there's no NBA and hockey's over. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a win. And that's why these, that's why uh, these, these tournaments have, have, have sprung and have, done, have been successful. What about your Boston Celtics, your hometown Boston Celtics coach back in the NBA Finals? Speaking of basketball. Yeah, I wasn't too pleased watching Draymond Green bitch slap them uh, in Game Two like that. Um, I, I, I think the, I don't think he'll do. I don't think he'll be able to get away with that again. Um, Golden State's got great firepower. Um, you know, if if uh, you know, I think one of the keys is going to be again Boston's ability to defend, and um, and 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 they've got to do a better job of defending Golden State. You know, giving up 107. Uh, is is going to be? They got to keep them. They got to keep. They do. They got to do a better job of defending. And if Boston can do that, um, I think they, I think they can win the series. And I know more, almost everybody's picked Golden State. Um, but uh, and uh, Jason Tatum's got to play well for Boston. You know, I think Brown is the real key to the series for Boston because he's a tough, tough cover. Um, I've always been a huge Al, Al Horford fan, and the Grant Williams. Um, is is always one of my been one of my favorite SEC players, even though he played at Tennessee. So it's kind of fun to watch him play. No doubt, Coach. Look, we got two more for you, real quick, before we let you go. I started with baseball. Let me kind of circle back there for a moment here again. Super regionals coming up. Let me ask you this: baseball. The coaches are out there in uniform. We've kind of thought about okay, if coaches were out in uniform in other sports, what that might look like. I don't want to go that from basketball perspective, <laughs> but what would your jersey number be, Coach? Wow, it ought to be seven or nine. Uh, those are the jerseys I wore when I was playing. Um, but I, I, I don't even know. They don't let they don't let seven or nine in, in, in the uh, <laughs> NCAA. In the yeah, game. yeah. So yeah, but that's okay. I've, I've I've broken some of those rules before. I can be a trendsetter. <laughs> is there a particular uniform combination that you like your guys in? Like, is there is it the blues? Is it the orange uniforms? Or just those traditional home whites? Like, is there a, a uniform that you get excited about, Coach? No, nah, but it's going to be white. It's going to be blue, or it's going to be orange. We're not. Doesn't matter not to wearing, you. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. We're going to wear our team colors, and and uh, it doesn't matter. I've 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 kind of you know I was a little bit more in the uniform shoe aspect of things, but I, I just I do think I've kind of relaxed a little bit on that. You know, we're as long as they're wearing Under Armour, which is our our, our, our sponsor. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not as. Uh, I want them. I want them to be comfortable in their own shoes. Coach, we can't say thank you enough for the time. It's always greatly appreciated. Good to catch up with you, and uh, thank you again for joining us on the show today. Great to be with you guys, and I and, and hope everybody has a, a, a really great, enjoyable summer. Spend time with friends, spend time with family, 
and um, and and we will uh, we'll do the same here at Auburn basketball. Perfect. Thank you so much, Coach. We'll talk again okay, soon. Okay, guys. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. That is the head coach of the Auburn basketball team, Bruce Pearl, joining us here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. segment today of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan the Boy Brooks Childers and Austin Scott. We cannot say thank you enough to Bruce Pearl, the head men's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers. Want to give a shout out to Marley Naver, of course, the sports information director for Auburn men's basketball for helping set that up with us. Uh, man, what a chat with Coach Pearl. He is uh, obviously enjoying the summertime the players are arriving on campus, having a great time with the youth basketball camps in the area that are currently taking place and more. So, boy, oh boy, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of Auburn men's basketball and what it could look like. And, of course, Coach Pearl's just always so kind to catch up with. Well, I mean, and, and I, I thought it was very important. Brooks asked about it initially. You know, this trip to Israel means a lot, both – professionally and personally you know i mean this is an opportunity to play in a country uh that has a different set of talent and um you know will will provide a, a, a kind of a global event for auburn basketball but also be something personally that you know bruce pearl's faith can be uh you know put out there and and see something that means a lot to a lot of people and uh in israel and and so yeah i think uh i think that is going to be an incredibly meaningful trip and and just team activities you know we mentioned going to what the pool or the lake uh last week and um you know a, a trip like that is absolutely going to be a big team experience so I think you've seen a lot of teams do something like this um in recent years but obviously with this we'll have that extra layer to the to the faith here as well coming up in uh today is tuesday june 7th and coming up on the 23rd of june so 16 days away we will see the 2022 nba draft in auburn could have the number one overall pick yeah it seems like it's kind of trending that way um I, i i've heard more whispers and and seen more people around the league kind of starting to lean Jabari and 
I thought something that would have made a lot of sense would have been the fact that Orlando, who has Jalen Suggs as their most recent first-round selection, um, and, and Chet Holmgren, that Gonzaga connection, although they never played together at Gonzaga, just knowing that they grew up childhood best friends. Yeah, played on the same high school team uh, for three years. And, and so I would have thought that connection might put him over the top, but so far the momentum has been in Jabari Smith's camp. Now we'll see if that continues, still three weeks away, but uh, I'm definitely hopeful. Uh, hopeful? Wow. Hopeful. 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 Easy for me to say. I think I'm checked out for the day. Um, I'm hopeful that it will be Orlando for Jabari, not just because I kind of like Orlando and I like the fact that Chuma's already there, um, but I just want to say Auburn had the number one overall pick in the draft. And if whether that had been Detroit or OKC uh, or Orlando, I, I would have said the same thing. So um, I, I really hope Jabari does go first. I do not think it will be a bad basketball situation for him at all. And, again, I think that with that, seeing big-time recruits see that, knowing that it's literally all possible at Auburn. You can win a major conference championship. You can go to a Final Four, and you can be picked number one in the NBA draft. Um, that means something. I mean, there's Auburn basketball for the first time is limitless. It can do all the things that all the other big programs have done for years, and that's the first time Auburn's probably ever said that, certainly in our lifetime. So I think that's incredibly meaningful. And then, oh, by the way, you're going to have multiple first-round picks because Walker Kessler will go at some point in the first round. We're not sure if it's going to be the last few picks of the first round or maybe up in those teens, Um, but I think he's kind of – moved up a few spots in fact i was hoping he'd be a candidate for golden state down at the end of the draft because golden state is maybe not convinced on wiseman anymore and certainly with not playing at all this year one would tend to be that way try and put another seven footer in the fold for golden state so uh, i actually kind of been a little disappointed he's been (laughs) kind of moving up boards five to ten spots so uh, i think it's incredibly exciting what what auburn was able to do on the court last year certainly but but also uh, how that's kind of relaying to the next level as well. Yeah, it's just something that, that for someone who grew, has grown up an Auburn fan of, of all the sports and taught to follow everything and from early age, uh, it's just something that's unfathomable to think about Auburn basketball having the number one overall pick and, and honestly even a top three, top two pick. Um, but I echo everything Ryan said. just think it'd be really cool to see uh, Jabari – from Auburn University be number one overall. Um, I, I also don't think it'd be that bad if he ends up going number two to Oklahoma City. I think that'd be a really cool situation there. Um, I mean, the kid has probably heard the Kevin Durant comparisons for forever. And then you go number two overall to Oklahoma City. You Makes know, a lot of sense, too. Yep. Right? So um, I'm, I agree with Ryan. I don't think either situation's bad from an Auburn perspective. And for Bruce Pearl to be able to say – He's got a number one overall pick now. I think it'd be fantastic. So really looking forward to seeing where both those guys land and uh, how Bruce just gets to keep adding uh, recruiting tips to his fire belt. So, again, thanks to Coach Pearl for joining us on the program today. If you just turned on the radio, you're catching the final minutes of the show. Wait, I just missed it. It's okay. It's going to be there for you on our Sports Call podcast feed so you can go back and listen to our conversation with the head coach at your leisure. All right, before we get out of here on today's show, we've yet to celebrate birthdays. 
We need to do that today here on this Tuesday. Here we go. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Our Birthdays in Sports here today on June 7th, 2022. Happy birthday, Mick Foley, who's turning 57 years old, the former professional wrestler. He wrestled under various personas in his real name for nearly 30 years. His most notable moments in the WWF include being thrown from the top of the Hell in a Cell through announcer's table by The Undertaker in 1997 and entering the 1998 Royal Rumble three separate times as various personas. Mick Foley turns 57 years old today. He's an 11-time World Tag Team Champion. Allen Iverson turns 47. The former NBA guard, nicknamed The Answer in AI. He was the AP Player of the Year in both basketball and football. Played college hoops for Georgetown in 94 and 95, where he set the school record for career scoring average 23 points per game and won the Big East Defensive Player of the Year awards both seasons that he was a college basketball player. First overall pick in the 1996 NBA draft. 14 NBA seasons. Iverson Rookie of the Year in 1997. An 11-time All-Star. He won the All-Star Game MVP in 01 and 05 and was the league MVP in 01. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. Happy 47th birthday to Allen Iverson. Go Hoyas. Iverson's a guy that I wish I'd gotten seen his prime. That's what I keep thinking about more. There's just not a a lot like him. Um, Obviously, being such a small scorer of the ball uh, as a guard, um, you know, and we see Steph do that. Steph is not incredibly undersized, but he is a little bit so. But he obviously scores from perimeter. AI was so good at scoring from all levels, uh, especially inside the arc. And I, I wish that, you know, I, all I really remember is end of career, kind of like Nuggets Iverson, yeah. which was Had still a little okay. run with the Pistons was later in his career. Okay, and, but, yeah. but not near his prime. So I kind of wish I was um, uh, old enough to appreciate yeah. his Sixer days. Of course, mainly known for his days with the Philadelphia 76ers. Keegan Bradley turns 36 years old. This is a pro golfer. He decided to pursue golf early in his life and won a state championship as a senior in high school. Attended St. John's, where Go he Red won Storm. nine events before graduating. He then began playing professionally, making the PGA Tour in 2011. He was the 2011 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year and won four tour events, most notably the 2011 PGA Championship. Keegan Bradley turns 36. Napoleon Kaufman turns 49, a former NFL running back and current minister and high school coach. Kaufman was an outstanding high school player, rushing for 5,151 yards and 86 touchdowns. He attended Washington and was a kicker turner in 1991 when the Huskies won national championship at the time of his graduation he led the huskies in career rushing yards and third in rushing touchdowns three-time all pack 10 a member of their hall of fame selected 18th overall by the raiders in 1995 he retired early in his nfl playing career to pursue ministry napoleon kaufman turns 49 and then finally our last birthday to celebrate today christian mccaffrey turns 26 years old trees a running back for the Carolina Panthers out of Stanford, the number eight overall pick. He was a one-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro running back. He is one of only three players in the history of the National Football League to have a 1,000 rushing yards and a 1,000 receiving yards 
in the same season. Christian McCaffrey turns 26 years old today. You like that guy? I love that guy. Me too. Need him to stay healthy. Happy birthday to our pal CMC. All right, as we get ready to wind down today's edition of Sports Call, we do it each and every day. Brooks Monroe Childress, let's give you a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's our nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, yep. what's on TV tonight? Well, your two movie picks for the evening at 6.30 on FX. we got a big movie coming out this Friday. The new Jurassic World is coming out, so we're getting you primed up this week. 6.30 FX, Who's Jurassic excited to World. See that? Everybody. Okay. And definitely me. Ryan. Everybody and definitely me. <laughs> Jurassic World, the first one is tonight at 6.30 on FX. Also, 7 o'clock on Paramount Network tonight. Midway, the 2019 remake of the like the 1970s one. You've seen that one, too, me haven't Ryan you? Ryan went and saw With it. With Brooks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Theaters. That's special. So that is 7 o'clock on Paramount. Sports action for you tonight. Not a lot on tonight as we got a little break in some of the playoff action in most of the sports at 6.20 on Valley Sports South. The Oakland Athletics and the Atlanta Braves open up a two-game series. Uh, just saw Adam Duvall has been scratched from the lineup with some cramping in his tricep, so they will not play tonight. Best but switches. Matt Olson will, and he will face his old team. Uh, 7 o'clock on TBS, the Los Angeles Dodgers take on the Chicago White Sox. Yes. Good battle there in the south side. And of course, 7-10 tonight on ESPN. It is game three, right? No, four. Game four. Game four. four. Between Rangers the New York Rangers two, one. and the Lightning back in Tampa. Will Let's the Lightning go. tie it up? Bolts. Or will the Rangers take a three to one lead? And then I'm going to give you a bonus pick. Yeah. It's not a streaming pick. You can't find anywhere but the movie theaters. We went and saw it last night. Austin yes. saw it last week. Yes. If you have not seen Top Gun Maverick. Go do it. We saw it last night. It got real dusty in that theater. I'll tell you what. But it was just phenomenal movie. A it movie was a f- for guys and gals. Yes. We're hopeful that Brant Daughtry will go see it soon. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great film. Could you guys remember all the movies that you've seen together? Who, me and Ryan? Yeah. We'd Call- have to yeah, put we'd a have to, full list yeah. together. Okay. We'd have to put our heads together. Because most of them are three, four, five years ago. Yeah. I've never seen a movie well, with any of you. We is that real? That. Come on, Austin. Is we'll that, change that. We need to change is that. that real? Have you ever yeah. seen a movie with him? No. Well, okay. have I ever been invited? No. no. Uh, well, you did go uh, and see uh, Top Gun without us Ooh. first. So. Yeah. I had to prep it for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Austin, sure thanks no for being here. Scenes. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, Ryan, thank you for being here. No problem. Brooks, I appreciate you stopping by as well. Absolutely. Thanks to Justin Ferguson, Bruce Pearl, Ben Ingram for joining us on the program. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.